We are live on the Then That Blading podcast with Michael. Mike. I told you I was going to mess up in the first two minutes. We're going live with Michael Martino for episode 28 with the Then and Now Blading podcast. Michael, welcome to the show. How's it going? It's great. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. So if you watch this podcast often, you'll know that the first few seconds are always completely messed up because I never know after hitting the go live button when it's actually going live. So there's always an awkward like second to three seconds of just staring or whatever. So I'm sure we just did it again, but at least I got to do it with you, Michael. So it's <laughs> great to see you. It's been a really long, long time since I did see you. I did see your blading cup, which was not that long ago, earlier this year, right? Yep. Yep. But before that, it was at least, you know, I don't know, 18 years? Yeah, 18 years. Something like that. At least. at least. Yeah. Yeah, long time. And I want to say hi to everybody in the live chat. We got Launder, who's all supporting the channel, Stefan, and Mr. Dominic Stagona in the house as well. And I know you and Dominic are very close friends. You guys skate quite a bit. Um, as I've seen on Instagram or whatever. So I'm assuming you skate quite a bit, but I've seen videos and stuff of you guys skating. What's up with uh, Dominic and you skating wise? Uh, he moved He moved over to my area. Well, sort of. Uh, he's like 25 minutes away. And I had reconnected with Richard and Dom. And then I was skating a lot with Michael Shore. He's been really busy. But um, yeah, Dom and I and Richard, I feel like I've been skating quite a bit um, now that he's out here. It's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, that's cool. And I did see Dominic at Blading Cup as well, but I did not run into Richard, unfortunately. He was not – well, he might have been there, but I never ran into him. But I did get to see you two. It's now, funny. I, I was talking to Dom, like, trying to get him to skate again. And I was like, yeah, when are you skating? He's, I'm not skating. And then now he's just in it. He's in yeah, it. Yeah, that's like, what's so – You get that bug. You get that bug. Yeah, <laughs> that's what's so fun about watching you, Richard, Dom, like the one-trick-a-day stuff because – uh, Richard quit skating for a while too, right? Uh, his his leg injury. Leg injury, because yeah. you know I don't I don't remember seeing anything from from a long for a long time, but now seeing all three of you back on blades together, still shredding it, is really cool. And you guys are also mixing up with some big wheel action. I saw you're in a power side next nineties. You did a couple of uh, clips yeah. on that, a couple of edits, and kind of switching it up with your return to blading. Yeah, yeah, we've been doing a lot of uh, big wheel skating. I just got the uh, next marbles uh, 110, 4110 down. I can't remember oh. exactly the specs on it, but they're wild. It's like skating with skis or something because the the, the 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 distance is massive from your boot. So those are so fast. But I never really got into rec skating or big wheel skating, but it's a blast. It's actually a lot of fun. I just put them on at the last first Sunday and was was gapping the little pyramid. You just haul on them. Yeah, it's scary, but I want to get a little fun. bit more into the big wheel blading stuff a little bit. First, mm -hmm. I want to go back to your history. Now, you said you didn't do any rec skating, so I'm assuming you went straight into aggressive when you started skating, or what's your backstory? Yeah. Like, how did you get started? Where were you living at the time? So. Uh, kind of going all the way back there, but I haven't thought about that in a while, but um, I grew up in, Vice well, 
most of my life in Visalia, or majority of my life in Visalia, um, I was a skateboarder <laughs> for my younger years, and um, I ended up getting enrolled in by meeting my buddy Travis, which is a, he's a really good uh, muralist. He I, I randomly ran into this guy. He had huge Jenkos on. He had a Chucky doll head on the side of his pants. And he's like, if you could 50 50 this curb, I'll give you this Vans hat. And I ended up doing the trick and he gave me the Vans hat. And he was talking about skate rollerblading. And I got really curious about it. And he had these, like, uh, I don't know if they were Bowers or what they were. They had painted, painted green frames, like John Deere fucking green with cut out square grooves, uh -huh. literally. And he gave me those. And I found some liners and uh, I started skating, started just cruising around. We were called the La Jolla posers because we were, I just wasn't very good. <laughs> and La Jolla but was what? A part of Visalia? Is a, is a school in Visalia okay. that we lived by that um, we'd literally just skate around there, curbs and stuff, because I wasn't really very good. So it was started okay. off. So I was still kind of skateboarding and rollerblading, but I was really gravitating to rollerblading a lot. That's really cool. Yeah. And when you say La Jolla, a lot of people are going to think of La Jolla in San Diego because it's oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. So I just want to, you know, stop any confusion there. Now, what were your first skates that you got then? Was that the first skates that I got? What are the first skates that I got? Whew. They might have. What were the first skates that I got? I think they were K2s, K2 fatties. Oh, nice. Back in the day, K2 fatties. That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we put Velcro on the back of the heel because our pants were so big. Mm -hmm. So you wouldn't roll over them. So you Velcro it and have it stick so you could skate and do whatever and not roll backwards and fall. But yeah, those were my first skates. I like those a lot. Those were good skates. That's really rad. Now, uh, we have Robert Guerrero in the house too. Whoa! He's learning JSF. Rob. <laughs> and Robert supposedly we're going to do episode 29 next week. I just need to get a confirmation from Robert. Robert, you can confirm in the live chat if that's happening next Monday or not. Um, and Robert's actually staying in Quebec, not too far from me. So hopefully I get a chance to see him soon. Just haven't made it up there yet. Yeah, uh, I'd like to hang out with him. I talked to him not that long ago. I just talked to Matthew Ledoux. I think him and Robert skating a yeah, lot lately. Yeah, in the same town. So yeah. it's confirmed Robert Guerrero. Oh, it is confirmed. Right here, next Monday, October 24th, 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, will be episode 29 of the podcast with Robert Guerrero. So that's confirmed right now. So everybody mark your calendars. Uh, yeah, it's really cool to have such legends in the live chat here with you today. So that's pretty yeah. cool. Um, I go way back. Way back. From the Bay Area, from when you live in Sacramento, or before that? No, so he was friends with, or he's friends with my buddy Joey. You know Joji, Nahara. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, he came to Fresno. They came to Visalia, and I met Rob. I was seventeen. I actually broke my ankle the first time I skated with Rob. Oh wow, that's crazy! <laughs> <laughs> and you obviously recovered from that injury because yeah, you went yeah, on I, to to do some really big things after that. Now, Joey yeah. and his brother, Ricky, it's Joey and Ricky, Ricky right? Uh, I met them through Robert as well. Well, actually, I don't think I, I actually only met Joey for the first time when I went on that trip to um, Fresno with 4x4. But 
He's got some questions. We'll get to that. Um, but I don't know if you ever remember a magazine I did back in the day, Scum Magazine. It was like a web magazine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're both contributors to that website. So they did some stories and stuff for that, which was really cool. Um, let me see. Dominic had some questions. Oh, he's asking a very difficult question, actually. <laughs> I'd love to hear about influences, Mike. The way he does, in particular, conversations like us outside of blading, Mike is an excellent multidisciplinary designer. Um, and how does that part of your life influence your skating? Okay, those are both good questions. And those are questions we can address now or we can get to them later. That's up to you. <laughs> up to me. <laughs> what part of your life influences your skating? Um, well, how about we start with this, and then we can get onto that. So, influences okay. outside of blading. Let's start out with influences in blading. Like, who inspired you within blading when you were coming up? Like, who did you look up to? Was there anyone you kind of, you know, skated like or anything? Like way like, back? Yeah, first, like way back, like in your so early first, days. The first people that I was really, the first person actually was Randy Spicer. The first mm -hmm. one. Ray Spicer, and then then came Aaron Feinberg. Then came Aaron Feinberg. Those were I really t dogged out on, on on Randy. I even had a bracelet, the heart bracelet he had from was it BG four, BG three, whatever it was. Oh really? That's I, my thing. buddy Travis actually was went to LA and he ended up having it and he gave it to me and I was like, oh sick! I was pumped. It's amazing. <laughs> I mean, Randy Spicer is such a legend, and I love. I don't know if you've ever seen a photo of Chris Haffey with Randy Spicer like it. Like an oh yeah, yeah, man. yeah. Happy's like a little tiny kid, and Randy's yeah. like young, like pretty cool. How, I mean, even you know, you and Chris have been skating for so long. You're not like later generations of skating. It's just that early generation of skating was like every three years almost. It was a new generation in the nineties, early two thousands. You know, now it's kind of more on like a ten year cycle. I feel like, um, but those are two good inspirations. Now yeah, it, it gets, the first two. like, and then later on when you were develop, developing your style, was there anyone who was inspiring you as you were progressing? Um, as I was progressing, I think I kind of looked at every, <clears throat> I looked at a, I feel like a handful of people. I don't know if necessarily my style, if I was trying to mimic or or uh, or adapt certain things into the way that they did it, but I, I think I pulled from different um, people like Louis, Randy, Aaron. Dom, Dustin, Richard. I mean, across the board, I think I looked at people who who really had a uniqueness to them and and, and really uh, really had their own perspective on what they did and how they did it. I think that really informed a lot of what decisions I made as far as what I skated or how I skated. But my style, I think, I try not to focus too much on that. Um, there are elements I do. I don't like to do things very like stand up bonery. It's just a, a, a thing I have for myself. But other than that, everything is pretty, it feels very organic. I don't know if I necessarily am like, okay, I got to do the trick this way. I'm conscious of certain things, but not necessarily. Um, I don't try to, uh, lack of better words, manufacture it, I guess. Um, but I am cognizant of what I do. Mm -hmm. um, and if I like and it, if I don't like it, then I'll do it again. And if there's a different outcome, it's more exciting. And then outside <clears> of <throat> plating, we'll get to Dominic's question. Is there anything ah! <laughs> from art to music or anything in your life that influences you within blading? I mean, design for sure. When I, um, if, if, if you're thinking about uh, filming or anything like that, uh, the aesthetic or, um, 
the item that I'm actually going to skate or the thing that I'm going to skate, I think uh, I take that into account um, as well as uh, addressing for sure. Like fashion is a huge thing for me. I, I did a lot of sewing, um, a lot, I made my own clothes and did a lot of that stuff. So um, there's definitely an outside influence in how I dress and, and, and what I wear. Uh, obstacle wise, I don't know. I just go what I feel. I don't know. Those, I don't know if that's a good uh, example or, or explanation. And you're a designer by trade, right? I mean, do you do graphic yeah, design? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You do uh, a lot of stuff like, for, for, for uh, self, like cell. Do you do like apps? Or I saw a bunch of photos of like art for cell phone. Um, yes, yeah, so I do a lot of uh, mobile design. I've been doing product design for about uh, 16 years now. Um, I got it. Actually, John Starr introduced me to design. Um, oh, cool. Shout out to John. He, uh, being on the Volo tour, uh, he was doing a lot of all the different uh, design stuff from web to apparel to industrial, all that stuff. So I got really interested in that. And that's really what jumped off my passion for, for design. Um, and I, I went from, uh, you know, marketing and web design to development to product design. I'm in product design now of a lot of digital apps. Um, but I do uh, do apparel design stuff and things like that for fun. And the hat you're wearing, is that one of the new Dominic hats? Yeah, it's a new Sagona hat. We just got, uh, this is the sample. So this is changing. It'll have leather strings and the strap in the back is, is going to be the right color leather. But um, this is one of the, the many pieces that we're working on. And are you do, doing the design on that stuff? Yeah, so it's a collab between me and, me and Dom. Sick. And then Richard has some input in there. And we kind of all nice. collab on that. So we have... It really comes from what Dom is is trying to convey or have what he would wear, what he does, what he does, and stuff like that. His aesthetic. Mm -hmm. um, so we try to tailor things around that. Very yeah. cool. And Richard's in the house. He's here. Oh snap! He said, "I'm here." I missed the intro. You can go back and watch it because we almost missed the intro too. So, but we are here as well. Um, Sean Michelson wants to know. Do you still change outfits? Three times ah, I knew that was going to come up. It's funny. I do still, I don't, I mean, the volator was interesting. That is that, that habit was kind of wild actually. Cause I did change like every spot. It was like, I had my skate outfit and then I wasn't sure if we were hitting another spot. So I literally changed. It, it was kind of ridiculous, but I don't do that now. Um, I do change out of clothes. Like after I skate, if, if I feel I'm done and, and it's really hot, I'll just uh -huh. put some shorts, but it's it's not to the extreme that it was. No, well, that's good. You grew out of it, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Liz says, "Who designed your jacket?" Uh, it's a it's a band called um, Dope Lemon. They're out of Australia, and there's a jacket they had, and I just turned inside out. Yeah, I like the, out, the inside out look. Hey, crisscross looks good. <laughs> crisscross. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stefan says. I always have three t-shirts and extra jeans and a hoodie. I always have a lot of, well, when I go skating, I have a car full of clothes just in case something happens, but. Dom, Dom says I get dressed, undressed as soon as the session is done. <laughs> and is that true? Uh, yeah, for the most part, it's pretty true. That's really funny. Uh, okay, so back to back to this, I wanna go back yeah, to Australia. In the Sailor, you the you skated in Fresno with Derek Henderson back then, and so okay. Oh, I was gonna say, uh, did you skate with Derek Henderson back then? So when I started rolling, I didn't go to Fresno probably for five years of skating. So there was a, a small group of people in Vice that skated. 
Um, there was the OG people that kind of surfed, uh, kind of phased out, and then there was other people that came. Cody Tarbell, I think you've met um, uh, David and Jordan, a couple other people, and then it got to where I was kind of mainly skating by myself, and then somehow I connected with Joey. They came to Visa, that's how, and they were skating in the skate park, and I met met them skating in the skate park, and we connected, and then I started going out there uh, almost every weekend, just about. And Derek was little; Derek was tiny. Um, but we skated with him, uh, Ricky, uh, a handful of people, so many people, Rudy, um, uh, there's a ton of people, but Derek, I started kind of I mean, getting in. Go I was going to say Derek really killed it back then. Uh, you know, when we were up there, yeah, he the was, tour, so he was shredding it just as good as, you know, everybody on tour. And uh -huh. I didn't even know for years that that was Derek Henderson, you know, because, you know, Derek Henderson now is, you know, fully tattooed, bald head, big yeah. beard. When I went back to that footage and the people were calling him Derek, I was like, oh, my God, that's Derek Henderson, you know, when he was like 15. Yeah, um, he was young. He was the different. younger guy. He was so good. So good. Dude, he was amazing at his age and what he was doing was crazy. He was so good. He's still killing it today. But it's crazy how much he's grown. Obviously, we all do. But he's huge now. He's huge. But he still has dope style. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, Richard, thank you. Jan, you're killing the OG clips. I posted a bunch of clips on Instagram and YouTube. And I posted a clip of Pat Lennon from the, leading the blind when he jumped through like the hole on the Everybody floor. Everybody sending me that. And um, I just checked it out on Instagram a little while ago. It's got 2 million views now. So that's pretty cool. I probably um, had 20 people send me that clip that don't really, really? That are like, look, this is crazy. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And, I, you know, reading some of the comments, I mean, most of the comments are positive or people are just, like, freaked out. Obviously, there's always going to be some hate and stuff. But there's some things I didn't think about was, like, when you jump through the hole, like, that build, the drop off the building is still right there, too, which you don't really realize in the clip because you don't see it. But when you look at the first clip, you realize, you know, if you came out that thing, hit that pillar, you could just knock off the, fall off the building as well. So that's about to say, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, there's a lot of like, that was almost one of those tricks. Does the does the the reward outweigh the risk? No, the risk outweighs the reward big time on yeah. that stunt. But when you're younger, you don't you don't care. And yeah, no, for sure. I mean, was... Pat, I mean, Pat's probably done done some of the best stunts in blading. You know, like if you yeah. put all these tricks together. In one section, like all those best mm -hmm. tricks, it's probably be the you know the craziest trick or the craziest section. Yeah, ever. yeah, yeah, for sure. He had it on my Volo, my Volo section actually. Oh really? Yeah, that's cool. And you have that posted on on your Instagram. I saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have it pinned there. And you skated for Volo, um, and you also skated for Rollblade as an AM before that. Yeah, and then I was Flow on USD before that. Okay. And how did you – so Rollblade was your first sponsor or USD? USD Flow through Intuition, and Matt would hook me up with skates and stuff like that. And that's how that kind of worked. Nice. And then Rollblade, how did that happen? Uh, Farmer. Farmer actually – I think Farmer hit me up or something happened there to where Farmer had connected, had talked about my skating or talked to Corey about it, and somehow it came about that way to where um, they reached out to me um, Corey did and kind of started the whole process. Uh, I was kind of shocked, surprised, but it was dope. Went on tour with them, spent a lot of time 
I love the skates though. The skates were great. What skates what were you on at that point with rollerblades? Uh, the Estilos. The Estilos, Estilos okay. The, the black and red ones, I believe, is what I had at, at first with leather. Those are the first ones I got. I don't know what they were called. Rollerblades had so many models of skates throughout the year, and no, none wow. of them, none of them really stick around. You know, they like cycle through new ones all the time. Mm -hmm. um, you look now, like they have the blank, which are really nice. I have a pair, and they had the new jacks too, and the solos. Um, but they got rid of all the other ones just for the new skate. Which I was, you know, like be cool to have <clears> two <throat> pairs of skates. I always like the new jacks. So, um, yeah. But but then you went to Valo, and how did that happen? Um, Julio had hit me up about joining the team. Um, one day we had been skating quite a bit, or I had been seeing him around over the years from uh, Runners Project and all that. I go to premieres, and I would see him in the bay. I was in SAC at that time. I had, I had moved over there and was going back and forth to the Bay quite a bit. So I'd always run into John and um, eventually it just got to where I think he just was interested in my skating and liked my skating and um, asked me to be a part of it. And I was down. Um, it felt like the right move. It was fun. So back in those SAC days when you were going to SF a lot, who are your favorite people to skate with? Like, who do you call up for? In session? the Bay or? Both in SAC and a Bay. Uh, JSF, obviously, with everybody in JSF was amazing to skate with. Uh, we'd always meet up and go out there or skate Vacaville, um, skate park. Uh, in SAC, it was it was all the SAC crew, Dustin, uh, Adam, Casey, Keen. Keen, obviously, he was tiny. He was so young, kind of like that Derek situation where they were just really young but amazing, really good. Smith Ho-Ching. Um, uh andy adam kyle he, he passed away though from cancer um a lot of different people but i love skating with those guys uh we always have really good sessions um but those uh, jsf crew eric and kenan and, and all those guys it was a, a blast uh, those are the main people i skated with i feel like yeah it's a solid that's a solid yeah. group of people and that was a really cool time in sack in the bay area so much good skating, so many good spots. Uh, I mean, you were out there was when, huge. when things were kind of heating up uh, in SAC. You came out for a while. Yeah, came up yeah. to SAC. I mean, we because we would stay with Dustin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I probably went up to SAC maybe six times or so only, but, you know, cause just because it was so far from San Diego. Mm -hmm. um, but we would stay up there for a few days, and everyone was always really cool. And I had a lot of fun. I remember it just... The only thing about Sack that was crazy was we went downtown for like one night with Dustin, and I've never seen so many fights like happening. Oh, it's Sacramento's like fight central. Like yeah. there was always so many fights. It's kind of wild that area. I don't know what breeds it, but it definitely is a, a fight <laughs> where it was. <laughs> but the energy in Sack, it was just really good. Like everybody's super positive. Everybody's very like. Everybody skated with everybody, and everybody was down for anything. So it just made things so easy. And I think a lot of people were really just trying to push themselves and push harder and, and kind of put Sacramento out there on the, on the map, I guess, as weird as that is to say, but, like, really trying to progress and push forward and really do something um, cool, I guess, at the time. I don't know. Yeah, that's right. Now, what was oh, your very cool. first section in the video? Oh, uh, against the one-way, Tall Moore. And that's what Robert Guerrero just asked about, coincidentally. <laughs> that was actually before moving to SAC. 
That was before SAC. So I was, how old was I? 18? I think I was 18. Tall would, uh, I'd go visit him. He'd come visit me. And uh, we're just getting Rob a lot and Joey, Fresno, all of that. Because uh, Tall was filming a lot of that everywhere. He was on the East Coast. He was in LA. So anytime he was going to LA or Fresno, we would always meet up somewhere somehow. And I think I filmed for, uh, it was over a course of a year, I think, with, with everything, just because the distance. I remember that video name. Yeah. I know I've seen it, but it's been a long time. I don't think it's, I tried to find anything you can't on, find anything. on YouTube, and all yeah. I found was the Valor section, um, which is a really good section. Did you have other, what other sections did you have? Um, Humble Beans. Okay, yeah, section. I remember that video. What was the other? There was two videos in SAC that that um, or at least that had sections in. Um, everything else was like uh, uh, little glimpses of things, little clips, maybe five, six clips. But sections-wise, um, those are the three that I started. And then Volo happened. And Volo, I feel like, was the start of where I like was actually becoming professional, where I felt like my skating was actually getting to this level that it needed to be. Um, there's just the start of it, I guess, I feel like. But also the end. <laughs> and how many sections did you film with, with Velo? Just the one? Just the one. Just the one, yeah. We had okay. a lot of footage, though. There was a lot of footage that wasn't used that was, I mean, probably had enough for another half section, maybe, or something like that. There was oh, a really? lot of footage. We had a ton of footage. I wonder what happened to that stuff. Yeah, so I was curious as well. So you skated. So how long did you skate for Velo? And then how did it end? What happened? Follow was a was it a year? Mm -hmm. Two years. Um, it ended. So we were filming, touring, doing all that. Things got um, a lot of tension built. I think with the industry the way that it was, um, as, as I feel like most rollerbladers when they get into this professional space, they they want to kind of make a living. They want to do something, and I think the industry doesn't support that. And there was just a lot taking place that it made it really hard to survive. And I felt like I was getting older. I think I was 25, 24, maybe 23, but I wanted to start being able to make a living because I was, I wasn't really able to make a living. So I kind of made the decision after everything that was going on. I don't want to get into like the details of it, but there was just a lot happening. Mm -hmm. And I think John was trying his best to make things work. And it was, it was just the, the sign of the times, like the industry just wasn't what it, what it used to be in the nineties or even before that, I think. Um, yeah. I mean, I was, we went through that too, you know, at Rat Hill and yeah, it was really challenging. Stuff. So it was like, you know, I mean, we always waited for the industry to pick up and we would have had to wait another decade, you know, for COVID, um, yeah. which would have been a long time waiting around. So uh, yeah, definitely crazy. A lot's changed. It's good to see a lot of those people still in it. Like John, you know, John's just killing it. Um, John's doing an amazing job. I love what he's doing externally, internally with the with with them's and what he's continued to do over the years. The external collaboration with people has been pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, but I got to the point where I felt like I needed to transition out, and I was supposed to get a pro skate the following year, but I think with everything going on, I didn't really know how to handle it. Mm -hmm. um, so I just figured I'd walk away, I guess, and then just kind of take a break and see what I was going to do. But life kind of happened and, and some tragic events happened. And, and, and then I just kind of stopped skating for probably 10 years, 10 years roughly. 
and then like COVID hit, and then and you came back to blading. Is that what happened? So then, yeah. So so COVID hit. I had been working probably I don't know 10, 15 years on just building a career and really chasing money, but I did love design and I do love design. Um, just honing in on a craft and skill. I think I just with uh, some stuff that happened in, in my life, I, I really shifted my focus to that. And it was really just 24 seven, just working, working, learning, 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 working, working, and like moving up this, this space. And um, I, I didn't, I didn't think about skating at all, really the same way I was kind of maybe, maybe bitter, maybe, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, something like that, but then COVID happened and I was in this space to where I felt like I, I wasn't really living and I, I role blending was like a huge part of my life. And, um, I had went to a couple blade cups and then I ran into Michael shore and I think, yeah, it was COVID or it might've been a little before COVID that I started skating with him actually pretty regularly. It was me and him just going out and skating. And I just felt really connected to skating again. Um, it took a minute cause I was very out of shape. Um, I gained a lot of weight during everything. So it was definitely different. Um, your body has to be very conditioned to, to, to skate like we used to. And uh, it's, it's definitely, if you don't keep up on your body and keep it strong, it just doesn't do well to you. Well, I think that's a big problem with a lot of people quit for a long time, come back to blading. Not only are they yeah. older, they're also more out of shape, and they think they're going to skate like they used to. And they either get hurt. Yeah, mentally. mentally. They get hurt or they get frustrated. That yeah. they can't and quit again. Um, or mm -hmm. or there's a middle ground, which I feel like is bigger now, where people just going in and just skating for you're having more fun on just smaller stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but you guys have all come in pretty hard. Uh, I've seen your tricks, like you've been doing a lot of cool shit. You and Richard and Dom. Um, you've also been skating a bunch of different skates. I, I've seen you maybe like on three different skates or so in different edits. Uh, you were on some um, shadows. I think you had some of the sways. Gods, sways, shadows, uh, thems. Yeah, um, you're uh, flirting around with a bunch of skates. What's what's up with that? I was really looking at like trying to just support everybody. So and okay. mesmers, I've, I had mesmers as well. So I was buying every skate to just kind of support and, and and kind of buy stuff that my friends are making or that people right. that I know making or just to support. But mm -hmm. I also was curious like what being previously having to skate a skate for a sponsor and like um for better or worse i mean most of the time i like the skate so it didn't really matter but being able to have the flexibility to try just anything and everything was exciting to me and i wanted to support but also try all these different things and um, shadows so far have been like my favorite skate but i'm really like falling into this sway world where it feels like the classic uh, USD throne that I loved for so long and skated for so long before any, any, um, like rollerblader or ballo. And, um, yeah, I'm kind of there now, like teetering between, uh, shadow and sway. I didn't really get a chance to try mesmers to the fullest extent because I ended up ordering a seven and a half because eights were out mm -hmm. and I used to skate a seven and a half shell on the USD throne. So I figured, oh, I'll still fit it, thinking my foot's the same size for some reason. No. <laughs> it definitely was not. <laughs> we probably did that thing a lot of bladers do. I know Robert was guilty of it, is stuffing your foot. Oh, 100%. Your 
just because aesthetically or whatever and not realizing how damaging it was <laughs> to your feet. I mean, yeah, yeah. GUSDs, I literally, because the only skates that I could afford were the, this was like before those Arlo white skates were, were considered, I guess, cool before, like when, before Latimer, I think was doing, was skating those was, I had got a size five of those USDs. They were the only ones left. And uh, uh, I shoved my foot in there, just stuffed it in. And I my foot, feet would go numb. I didn't care. And what size so, are the sways? Uh, sways are, are eights, eight, nine, but they feel a little big. And then I tried Dom seven and a halves on and I'm in between there. So like there's okay. this world, world that I got to skate a little bigger, but I don't like what they did with the sway by shifting the frame back. I want to fall forward all the time when I try to take off. It almost feels like roller skates. Um, but other than that, the sway is a really solid skate. It's a really what, fra skate. what frames are you on? Because I know those farmer sways come uh, boot only. Yeah, so I have the ones that came on my Mesmers. I'm skating the Mesmers, a Kaiser, Kaiser something. Okay. Is it Kaiser that made uh -huh. the Mesmer frame? Yeah. Or that has the Mes it has the Mesmer it's, logo on it. Uh, wait. Uh, yeah, I think it's I think a Kaiser, Kaiser frame. Pretty sure, yeah. Yeah. Kaiser. It's, and it's a decent frame, but I, I used to love writing 50-50 frames, but I haven't got up my hands on those yet. Well, they're, they're around again. So it's perfect time to get 50-50 frames it because is. they also yeah. came back to blading. And they have the metal <laughs> core, right? The metal. Yeah. yeah. And all the people are making, you know, aftermarket 3D printed walls for them and stuff. So you can get all sorts of options with those. Yeah. And then uh, are you writing uh, flat? No, anti. Anti. Never okay, you never. I am a cheater forever. I I could never. I tried flat a few times, obviously in in my skating years, but I've just always enjoyed uh, anti rocker. I just figured being older, you might enjoy more speed. I don't know. I feel like I get good speed on my on my anti's. I'm not doing big gaps, so I don't need that like. Big, big seat. Maybe I will be doing big gaps, but not right now. I wanted to ask you, you said that you got out of shape before you started skating again. And I've seen a lot yeah. of photos of you with your shirt off. You look like you're in shape. Have you been <laughs> I'm training? getting there. Have you been training? At, <laughs> you've been training outside of skating? You do like running or anything, working out? So Yeah, I do a lot of running. I did a lot of trail running. Um, I do a lot of walking now. I, I take an hour a day and do a walk and kind of be very present and, and mindful of my time. I, I have a, a huge problem with like constantly living in the future and, and, and not really being present. That's like a big thing I've been focusing on, but, um, running, cycling, uh, I was doing boxing for a while, which I want to get back into. I think Dom and I are going to start doing jujitsu. Ju ju oh, wow. Dom is in fucking great shape. So we're all like working out constantly. And you can tell, you can feel like I feel 25 again skating. Like I don't That's feel really good. the age I did. The pain is a little bit, I'm not used to as much as I used to be, but, and there are things, but for the most part, I feel very similar to how I felt years ago now. But when I first started, it was like, I could barely walk the next day. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I have moments of that, but, but if you keep your body tight, I think it, it, it helps. Yeah, I was doing really good until about 2018, and then I broke my back, and then it all oh. hurts to do stuff. So I, I gained a, gained like 40 pounds after that. Um, it's easy. Which sucked. Uh, I was doing like in, back in Austin, I was doing a lot of yoga every day, swimming, 
like three miles a week. And oh, wow. that year I also skated almost 3,000 uh, 3, miles on my skates. I was trying to do a marathon a day. Um, Holy shit. So every night. So I was in super good shape. Probably the best shape of my life was like 2017, 2018 until I broke my back. But I've it's definitely been harder to get back in shape. We're living here in Vermont because there's not the facilities to go to for like working out or like <clears throat> swimming uh, or doing yoga or any of that stuff. And doing that stuff by myself at the house, I just don't have the discipline. Yeah, I'm not, I, I, I juggle with that. Like I want to build something at home or do something at home, but I'm one of those people that if I leave the house, I'm going and committing. If I, if I'm at the house, it's easy for me to be like, Oh, I can work or I can do all these other things. I get uh, easily distracted to where I don't commit as much. Same with boxing. Boxing was probably the, the hardest, most fun um, I've had in a while. If I was if I hadn't gotten into skating and I, I was able to be around boxing, I would have tried to be a professional boxer. Oh, wow. I, I, I had no idea. I would have went all in. I would have went that's all really in. That's really cool. <laughs> and with big wheel blading, that's a good workout too. Have you done any like distance skates or have you just stuck to skating parks and doing some street spots? So I feel like skates right now – even the rec skates that I get, the comfort is not there. Okay. So I don't really go long distance. Shadows, I feel like, are the most comfortable skate. My sway right now, currently with the, the rain liner in it, I can actually skate it pretty much all day, I feel like. But it's really hard. I've tried a few rec skates. These that I have right now so far are pretty good, but I haven't done a long, long distance. I've been wanting to, but I haven't. There's some weird stuff in the chat, huh? Tinder, hot, XYZ. Oh, some porn got in there. Okay, yeah, they get in every every show. Block user. Um, I but yeah, not have it, but I probably will. Yeah, well, the thing I'm really jealous of with you is a you live in a big city with lots of good food, but there's also a huge skating scene for aggressive. You know, you got the Sunday brunch, you got all sorts of stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, every every little town there's got a scene and parks and stuff. And for urban skating, group skates like the. There's something happening almost every night of the week somewhere in the LA area. Uh, I was on a Long Beach skate when I was there. And I love those big wheel group skates with like 100 people plus, you know, cruising around the city. Um, if you get a chance to go on one of those, I definitely recommend I've been doing one, that. Might go Thursday, actually, this Thursday. Yeah, that would be um, sick. They're so funny. My buddy, buddy Shay keeps asking me to go. And I just, I think I get to where I'm just tired from work. And I'm like, ah, I'll just stay home. What's really fun about those skates is you find so many spots for aggressive skating. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. or for just big wheel like aggressive skating. Mm -hmm. Uh now on back to you, the Annie Rocker tip. Richard has his grind over speed comment. Fuck wheel bite. So he's on your team. <laughs> he's on your team. We got we got a bunch of anti-rocker guys in this in this chat. Look at that. You guys back on the rise. I think that people at least when I started skating again, it seemed like a lot of people were in this like flat rocker world and like really pushing it and kind of like hating on the anti space. But I feel like it's coming. It's everybody's kind of reverting back. There's always that shift that happens. I feel like. Well, I know, I know Robert's not on the anti team because we try to do an anti setup on the icon skates and he was absolutely miserable. So he's on the opposite team. Uh, and then let me see. Proper form over instant grinding pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just going through the live chat because I was a little bit behind. And yeah, Robert's comment proper form over instant grinding pleasure. That's correct. So, 
And another type of big wheel blading that's gotten really popular is wizard, wizard skating. Have wizard. you tried a wizard setup yet? I have. Or do not. you have any interest to try it? I do have interest a little bit, but I uh, haven't tried it. I haven't uh, haven't sought out for it, but uh, I re- I think it's really cool what people are doing with it. I think it also opens up to a lot of people being interested in skating because the barrier to entry feels a little bit less intimidating. You're able to move and maneuver maneuver in ways that you're not really risking your body or your, or your life in, in some cases. Oh, it's, I 100% agree with you. I mean, you have all these companies making those like the similar frames. And they're getting big, and it's it's definitely uh, more welcoming and easier on the body. Like a lot of you know people, I see you know, coming back to blading. They're like bitch about modern skating or whatever, and they're like, you know, we want to see more hammers, more this that. Nobody wants to skate. You know, watching somebody do like a toe roll, but that's completely wrong because you know all the stuff I you know my marketing on you know, Instagram and stuff. It's like. People want to do something they can relate to. No one can relate to Pat Lynn and jumping off a roof and grinding a, you know, like a two-story wall. Yeah. They can relate to somebody wizard skating or slalom skating or doing something smaller, mm-hmm. you know, and they're like, oh, that looks fun. The other shit to them does not look fun. It looks like you could die, you know? So it's like, they don't want to do that. You know, obviously some <laughs> kids, so some kids want to do it, but a majority of people don't want to die. So, you know, they want to do something <laughs> that looks a little bit more fun. Especially nowadays, I think people are very, uh, we grew up in a different time where I think people tried things and, and did things and were willing to get hurt a little bit, or maybe that's just the, the, the space that I was in. But I definitely love that it gives the ability for people to get into rollerblading. At first, I was like, some of this like rec stuff, I was like, ah, I don't know. And then I started rec skating, and I'm like, whoa, this is rad. And then seeing that wizard video release at Blake Cup. Uh, oh, that was wizard. sick, dude. That video really changed my perspective on the There's style. There's a bunch of, of new it. videos, wizard style videos I've seen lately um, from some of the different frame brands that are pretty impressive. The things they do on those skates, because yeah, it's it's like I mean, amazing. it's a form. I mean, it's a form of aggressive. It's like mm-hmm. more tech and stuff, you know, <clears throat> and without the grinding, but do a lot of creative things. Now, you know, and the thing is. A lot of those people do aggress- aggressive skate as well, and you see them taking some of those moves back to aggressive. So you see a little bit more, you know, like before grinds, mm-hmm. after grinds. Um, even seeing Cameron Card, Cameron Card, um, you know, was doing big. Wo- he does a lot of big wheel blading. Obviously, we know he's a crazy aggressive skater from back in the day, and he also yeah. did slalom skating. And I put a video I... out of him on the Big Wheel Blading channel of him doing slalom aggressive like mixing it together and it wow. was really cool i have like, to see that yeah um uh, mix the disciplines you know because everyone's they're all very technical in their own ways mm-hmm. so if you can you know flirt around with the different styles and disciplines it can really improve your own skating you know like in a one yeah. way and in the most um it's what i've experienced and seen you know with a lot of skaters because if you look at the slalom moves like the bounce the bounce that they have on their one wheel and like it's insane, you know? Like, Oh, everyone, yeah. It's wild. Like, everyone could be like old Mike Johnson, you know, switching up a million times a rail if they did Solemn. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely improves. I mean, those differences, it will definitely improve your skating, I think. I love that it does uh, make it tangible for a lot of people, um, bringing these different aspects. I mean, the old part of me, yeah, the hammers, it's great to see all that, but it's also um, – 
it's amazing to see the the range that we're actually getting to where it mm -hmm. feels like a more established industry. It feels like there's just more opportunity for a lot of different people to get involved. And um, I feel like we lack that a little bit and we were, we were always trying to be underground and kind of like in a, in a different space. So it's kind of nice to see all of that. And social media has changed. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of people, everyone's, you lot. know, everyone's grown up too. And they don't just, yeah. you know, a lot of, a lot of skaters um, back in the day, they were a little bit more self-conscious and cared a little bit more of other people thought. And I think most people that are older now don't really give a shit what anybody thinks. Yeah. 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 The, the, which is the, there's kind of a beauty in that. I think. Um, yeah. Cause I think worrying about what, how people like perceive you or I guess in what you do. Um, I don't know. It just isn't, I don't know. I don't know what's going with that. I lost my train of thought. We're going to move back to, to your past in skating. What is your proudest achievement in your career? That's my proudest achievement. And rollerblading? Um, yeah, and rollerblading. And, uh, you know, you're, you're... Being professional, really. Just becoming a professional rollerblader. Um, that was always something I wanted to happen. I do want to pro skate, but I never got that. Uh, but I would say being a professional rollerblader and being in various magazines and, and having a complete section that I felt really good about it at the time. I think I, I think it's easy for us to be unhappy about what we put out, that we always wanted to be better. Um, but looking back at the baller section, I, I'm just very proud that I, I, I was able to do those tricks that I did and evolve my skating and, and be at that level, which I feel like if I would have kept going, it would have been even farther. Uh, I feel like I was just getting to where um, I was at that level. And um, I don't regret it, but uh, yeah, just look back on that. Those are probably the biggest things. With like Valos, your sponsors, were you doing a lot of touring? Did you get to travel at all? So I did a lot of RFCC touring uh, early on. And then Valo, we did a East Coast uh, to Canada tour, which we were in Canada for two weeks, um, all over Canada. Uh, that's where I met Matthew Ledoux and all those guys. And then yeah, that's uh, really we, also cool. did a, we also did a California tour, basically from uh, south to north or north to south. I can't remember. Um, what else? I did travel for rollerblade. We did a we did a week or two week tour. I was on that with Northway. Northway was there. I don't was farmer. I don't know if farmer was there at the time. Santiago was there, which was random. Uh, Fabiola was there. Frankie was there. Uh, Broscow. We were in a RV and uh, some wild nights. I remember uh, Ryan threw a bunch of water on me one night in the hotel room when I was sleeping. That's funny. <laughs> And Ryan's skating too. Have you been skating with Ryan at all? Yeah, so I skate with Ryan, Dan. I mean, I skate with so many people now, I feel like. Uh, Noah, Dan, um, Richard, Dom, Nicely, Shay, uh, uh, Michael Shore, um, Mike Obi. I'm missing, I'm missing a bunch of people, I'm sure. But uh, we, we session pretty often. I feel like Brian and I actually, we work together, so... We actually had um, a lunchtime where we went and skated some park in Culver, which was really cool. Oh, that's really cool. So it's nice to have something that rollerblades. And also, a uh, professional skateboarder works with us, so he was skateboarding while we were um, rollerblading. That's really nice. It's really interesting, the create, like the, the extreme sports, of rollerblading, skateboarding, all that, they all get into these creative fields, these different, uh -huh. whether it's movies, video, product design, whatever it is, it's really interesting. That's a really cool thing about being in where you're at in LA areas. There's so many bladers from our era that are doing really cool 
work either in film industry or design yeah. art and it's a really cool creative community that's going on there and i've, I've always been like well, you know that's pretty cool connor. i wish i would have stayed in that area uh yeah connor connor's, connor's a lot of stuff. i talked to him quite a bit too we, we were we skated a few times as well but he's always out of town doing gigs and you had mentioned santiago earlier santiago's actually usually in the live chat when i do these shows I oh is he now but he's been on like the last three live chats oh, crazy. and he's you know yeah, is he skating again? I think he is skating. Yeah, he he mentioned something about skating in the last one. So, um, I'm not 100 percent positive, but I believe that he is skating. Uh, and you had mentioned you were in some magazines. I know you had like a profile in a magazine. What, what magazine was that? So I had uh, I had a few covers on B Mag. I had an uh -huh. interview in B Mag. I had some like a little uh, uh, up and coming thing in Daily Bread. I also had a spotlight in Daily Bread. And uh, uh, what's the other magazine? Uh, Unity? Was it Unity magazine? Unity, yeah. I had an interview in that when I was writing for Volo. They also, I also did a tour, Volo tour uh, thing in Daily Bread, I think it was. Um, so quite a bit of, uh, of magazine stuff. Not a lot, but quite a and bit. And who was shooting the photos of you? Was it Mike? Graffinia. Yeah. Uh, Shooty. Okay. Uh, I can't remember who else. Yeah, I know Mike. Mike was up in the Bay Area, so he was probably a big yeah, one. He was always shooting everything. Uh, anything Bay Area, he, he kind of attacked. What was it like for you going out to shoot for photo versus shooting for like a video part? Or were they happen at the same time? Usually it was happening at the same time. It was being documented essentially. And then everything that was came from the video stuff would also be as far as uh, most of the time. I'm trying to think. Uni Magazine, everything I was filming for Volo at the time. Um, and then uh, BMAG, I was I was doing a lot of Humble Beans, or I can't remember the other video, something like that, um, doing all of those stuff. So it was, it was in tandem. So who was more picky, the photographers or the filmers? Uh, photographer, I would say. I remember shooting would make people do things so many times, partially because he wouldn't get the right frame. <laughs> Mike was that way, yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, you know, somebody said it was like they they did a trick like a hundred times, and their friend filmed it a hundred times, but then when the land time they landed it, the friend missed it who was filming. It. It's like he's like, you know, he he did better than me. He filmed it a hundred times good. And I only did a good once, so I can't be too mad at him. <laughs> it's nice to do it over and over to see, like, it's nice to do it over and over to get what you want and also seeing it. I mean, usually the first time isn't going to be the best time. But if it's a big hammer, you're probably only doing it once. Oh, yeah. I feel like. And did you do any competitions skating at all or street comps or anything? I did. I did IMYT in uh, San Jose for that one. Okay. Uh -huh. um, I skated uh, some barn burner stuff, um, a few other comps, but I was never I was never a great comp skater. I feel like I always struggle with skating on a lot of people. Um, as, as growing up, I skated a lot by myself. So it was either small groups or, or solo. So I was, always had a hard time. Um, now I could probably skate in comps a lot. I skated in the Blake Cup, 
the last play cup just for fun. Um, but I entered in like the amp thing. I wasn't supposed to, sure if I was supposed to do pro or old man or what. So I just kind of cruised around. Um, but That's I didn't rad. spend a lot of time in, 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 in comp stuff. I kind of wish I would have, but I just don't think I was mentally there for, for that. Well, we were skating a lot of park. No, see, that's the thing, you know. Yeah, it was a. I mean, back then there wasn't a lot of parks. No. Because today there's parks everywhere. <clears throat> there so, was an ASA I went to in Utah where I met Cam Card, and I had a buddy who skated in the ASA, and um, there was a girl there that I met that she was judging or doing something. She said I could have competed and that I should have, but I, I didn't even compete. I was like, nah, I'm good, and, and kind of passed on it. But um, yeah, I was never a big comp skater. What's your favorite park to skate in LA, LA area? Favorite park? Yeah. Probably fucking nicely in Dom's uh, Chino Park or Sheldon. Those are the two that I have the most fun at, I think. But I did just dislocate my shoulder at, at Chino Hills uh, three months ago. So that was not fun. <laughs> How's it now? Uh, it's good. I, this hurts a little bit, but uh, I do a lot of band work and stuff, so it's getting stronger. But there's something interesting about the shoulder. Like I've broken my hand, ankle, wrist, things like that. And something about the shoulder, it makes you kind of, I was talking to showcase about this, Anthony, and it feels like it's not really stable ever. So you're, you're, you approach things differently. You're kind of a little more cautious, but I'm feeling like it's starting to get over that hurdle, knock on wood, but I feel like the strength is coming back. So I'm imagining those six months, it'll be really, really good if I keep at it. But uh, that was something I never wanted to do, though. I never wanted – the shoulder was a big thing. I've always heard so many bad stories about shoulders or knees. I mean, you know, it's, with age still, it takes a lot longer to heal. Uh, I feel like yeah. I've, I've had some minor shoulder injuries, and they always take like a year, you know, yeah. to heal. Um, I think for a solid – for your body to really recuperate, even if you are doing stuff, a full year is, is really nice. Uh, I think it gives your body the ability to, to actually – Go back to how it was if you work on it i feel like but some people don't uh, do the exercise and the work and, and it just just kind of stays in a poor place I feel like. have you had any other injuries since you've come back to blading <clears throat> uh i just sliced my finger open uh yesterday skating with uh don richard um what are the injuries oh i broke uh i skated actually early on when i came back before uh i skated with Ryan at to uh, what's the park? I forgot the park's called. I ended up uh, spraying, spraying, had an elbow sprain or something, or broke my elbow. I can't remember. Broke those were the two. Terrible. Those were the two injuries, um, and I hope I don't have many more. Because you skating any pads, fun. shin guards, or anything? Butt pads. <laughs> I've been wearing butt pads a lot. Butt pads. That's one thing. Shins, I probably should because I hit my shin when uh, Mike and I were skating chino when I first started getting back into it, um, really hurt my shin bad. My whole leg swelled up. It was, it was I hate pretty, hitting my shin. I did that yeah. like three times in a row, and then I got some of those G-form shin guards. And and they're so nice because, you know, you don't even feel that you have them on. It's just like like compression, you know? Like yeah, yeah. Guards, so it's like, and they're so thin, they go underneath everything. Um, I never realized. Worth, I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say they're definitely worth it. Okay, yeah. I'll check them out. The butt pads have been a, a huge savior. I've been hitting my hips a lot, skating park, constantly hitting my hips. And I don't remember ever hitting my hips, ever. So it's very interesting. Have you been hitting them on like street or on transition? Transition. But you transition. didn't skate a lot of transition back in the day either, That's right? true. That's very true. 
<laughs> now it's 90% park, but we are doing a lot more street. It's been fun to skate street again. I actually prefer street over park, but I still enjoy park. Um, I, I can't air out of stuff as much as I used to or as high. I can't. There's just something about skate parks that is a little bit hard to get back into because I didn't skate them a lot. But Yeah, well, that's understandable. Um, I actually use the G-Form uh, hip, uh, hip pads as well when I'm skating park, uh, usually for mini ramp because... I've hit my tailbone so hard a few times that I'm like, don't want to risk it again. And I actually, yeah. last time I skated mini ramp, well, not last time, but earlier this year, I was skating mini ramp in Montreal and I went straight to my tailbone so hard. I definitely would have broken it if I didn't have the G forms on. I just got some from Nolan. Uh, June, he had a pair. They're a little too big for me, though, but they're, it's like a almost, not a neoprene, it's almost like a rubber, but they're very sleek. They're very like thin, so you can't tell you have them on really. So I kind of like that, even though I still wear baggy clothes. Uh, I think that's yeah. It's just it just feels good, you know. Like yeah. Um, and if you're watching this right now, or if you're watching it later, G Forum does have pretty good sales on their website. Dude. I'm not sponsored by them, but I should be. But uh, if you <laughs> sign up for their mailing lists, they actually have some fifty percent off sales a couple times a year. I think there's usually one around Thanksgiving, which is where I ordered my new G Forum shin guards from um for 50 percent off and then i sold my old ones for as much as i bought the new ones for so oh, it worked wow. out really well yeah it's perfect how do they hold up they hold up pretty good yeah they hold up really good i just got the new ones because they're thicker um okay. and and they use them for like the g form does is the official shin guard for uh, the european soccer league now so oh. you know they're good if you're getting kicked the shins playing soccer with them all the time okay that's true yeah um so yeah those are pretty cool and then uh two 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 so okay you guys are doing the, you're helping with the sagona gear did mm -hmm. you design that hat or is that like a, a hat you guys found no we put it we overseas we got it all put together we kind of just picked all the different pieces two colorways and um yeah designed it based off of stuff that dom already had so um, we kind of looked at stuff that Dom wore in the past or things that he gravitates to. And, um, these are one of the things, the style hat was one of them and then a few other pieces. Um, so I've been just helping out on that and working on the website and some things like that. Well, those uh, hats will do really well in new England and Quebec because they're the perfect <laughs> hats for this weather. I actually have two pairs of them myself. Cause it keeps your ears. Yeah. Because it keeps your ears, you know, you got in the woods go you know work or whatever or go skating they're like yeah. the perfect hat i mean yeah. i still wear it out here in like 100 degree weather I also maybe you know texas sometimes. it wouldn't have been the hat to wear you know but you can uh, tie it up though yeah yeah exactly where it's like a normal hat so it's they actually make it insulated there's a brand from vermont called johnson wool mills it's been around since like the 1800s and they make like wool hats like that that are pretty cool like different like different flannel patterns and oh stuff. yeah 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 that's right yeah yeah we looked at wool like, too this is cord and then wool was like another kind of style we really liked dominantly liked and then Richard's doing his one trick a day which yeah. is you know you i mean i assume you guys are trying to get one trick a day or as many as you know as often as possible <laughs> i don't really follow well, I don't do a trick a day, that's for sure. I skate probably twice a week, but um, I want to skate more. It's just mm -hmm. hard with, uh, with work, and then we're all kind of spread out, and most most of us are pretty busy. 
Um, it's wild reconnecting with Richard because I met him in Visalia years ago. Like when I was, I think I was 17, 16, around the time, a little before I met Rob, I think. And uh, it's wild to reconnect. And we had been on tour and, and seen each other and hung out many times, but it's been great to reconnect. Yeah, that's really cool. And it's really great to watch everything you guys are doing. Uh, you know, Richard is really good at creating content. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. And and he's really good at doing the video and just the production. Yeah. Uh, it's really cool. And it's really cool seeing his daughter skating with you guys. Yeah. And so, yeah. Which is cool now, too. You know, you have so many skaters out there who have kids their age or not their age <laughs> they don't have kids their age but their kids are skating with them we were actually at a skate park uh in lebanon where rollerblades at uh last thursday and mm -hmm. there was a guy skating with his dad and the guy was maybe 20 and his dad was like pretty like 48 um and they both started because of covid which was random oh, usually okay. it's like a, like an old school you know guy has their kid that skates but they both actually just started at the same time but they were pretty cool so you know skating with your kids like that is especially when they're up in their twenties and whatnot. Like it's pretty I think cool. It's a, I think it's amazing to bring your kids into something like this because it offers a different perspective on on the way that people live and operate, and you get very resilient. You you get used to falling, not completing things. Like it's just a different way to grow up. I feel like, but you also learn to have a passion for something that is just you and yourself and your own challenges versus like a team situation. But I think it's super beneficial, especially being in tech and seeing certain people where they've kind of come up and how they've come up versus people who have been in rollerblading or different communities. It's, it's really interesting. I think it makes us resilient and adaptable. I don't know. Yeah. That's, a, that's, a, yeah, it's super cool. Um, and then Demetrius George, he's yeah. getting out there with you guys and yeah. he's absolutely doing some Dude, crazy stuff geez. still. Just he's on a whole other. I don't even know how he's even doing what he's doing still. He's I feel like he's like he's stuff. like come back better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I know he's out right now because he hurt his ankle, but the stuff he's doing is insane. And it's insane. There's no way to me the risk is worth the. It's just not. But I can see how he gets how he's at that point where. The, as you keep skating, you keep getting more hungry, mm -hmm. kind of like we used to. But right. we're not we, we as in shape as we are. Our bodies just I don't think are the same, but they're close to it. But it just I don't know. It's different. No. We well, I mean, it's really cool, to, you know, to see him just come back so hard, so fast, and wow yeah. the crowds. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the back to blading people who are hungry for the old school tricks. Yeah, um, and he keeps himself healthy, and he has a lot of knowledge on recovery and things. Like I said, I talked to him. I also talked to Vinny about my shoulder because they both have had a lot of shoulder problems. Um, I've dislocated or things like that. So it was super helpful to to have have some resources there. And Vinny is a legend as well, and doing Vinny, really man. cool things. He's still like he's nineteen. I mean, he's a ball of style. He's a ball of style. <laughs> I mean, you know, his in the bay when when we were going to the bay a lot with Lomax, Lomax, and all those guys. I remember going to Vinny's house around two thousand or something, two thousand one, and when he was on Solomon. Yeah, I think so. And and they were having like Fight Club in his like 
parents' garage with like his little <laughs> sisters and their friends like boxing each other. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny. Um, who's the oldest person in your crew? Uh, that's a tough. Maybe Richard. I think Richard is maybe. I don't know if I want to say that. I feel bad. <laughs> he might. I don't know. I think he's the oldest. I'm terrible at ages, but I just turned 39 last Thursday. I know Dom's uh-huh. 39. I know Northway is 40. Everybody else is younger. Richard just turned 41. I feel like I'm spacing, but I think that's true. Richard's the oldest right now that I can think of. Well, he can verify. I don't know. Yeah, we know you're 39. How old are you, Richard? How old's Dominic? Mm-hmm. We want to know. Um, Stefan has a, He might be. We'll see. Stefan has a daughter in skates. She's eight. That's really cool. Yeah. And he, Stefan also has joints that sound like he's eating crunchy cereal. I've definitely experienced <laughs> the crunchy cereal sa- sounds in my shoulders before. Um, <laughs> and not a big fan of that. Uh, and then... Sean Michelson says, it seems like Demetrius's hunger comes from unfinished business, in my opinion. Do you think that's true? you think he has uh, unfinished business? That's a good question. I think maybe a little bit, but I think it's just that, that, that feeling and that rush from doing something or that accomplishment of just doing something really fucking hard and really gnarly and being like just juice off of it. I think it's like a high that... Um, you start to touch on. I mean, he just came out out of the gate blazing, but I see glimpses of it now, like things I want to get even more and more and more, but I'm like, I'm older. Is it worth it? So I don't know. I don't know. Richard ver- verifies that it is unfinished business. With is it? Oh, he would know more than I would. I would and, say there's uh, touches of it. but And we yeah. need to know Richard. Who's the oldest in your crew? Is it you? Is it Dom? Is it Michael? Or is it Demetrius? Who's the oldest? No, Demetrius is younger than me. Michael thought it was you. Uh, Lander says, dang, Richard might just called you out old. But Robert oh. says, Richard called Richard old earlier in the chat. So, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Richard's 41, so he's two years older than you. He's the oldest. Yeah, I think he's the oldest right now. I think. Cool. And Shawn Michelson... Uh, with the super chat says happy belated birthday brother. Thank you. So so your birthday, so you just turned 39. 39. So you're almost 40. How does it feel? Feels great. I'm excited for 40. Um, I'm excited for getting older. What's your like... plans going into 40s and skating and everything and life? Like Plans you want to continue skating like you are now for 100% probably for the next 15 years. That's yeah. the goal. At the least. Next 15. I mean, it's, the, the, I'll the probably beauty, skate it. Go ahead. I was going to say the beauty with like big wheel blading and stuff now is you can pretty much skate until you're like 80. Yeah. So that's what I was about to say. Like once I can't hit the aggressive world, I'll start kind of transitioning to like wizard then into just kind of all of that. Or, you know, one thing a lot of aggressive skaters have switched to, too, or not necessarily switched, but have adopted, which this would have never happened back in the 2000s, you know, back when we were all skating, is skating in marathons, you know, like doing speed skating. I don't know um, how people do that. 
And, you know, like you guys see like Mike Luffholm in, oh. in, you know, Michigan doing a hundred mile skates and stuff like. Um, Chavo is actually the oldest. Chavo is 43. Oh, Chavo. So he's the oldest out of all of us. <laughs> and I'm the oldest and out of you all. How old are you? I'm 46. Oh wow! I didn't think you. Oh wow! Yeah. So I'm a. Uh, how do you feel? Years how is, how, is how do I feel? Up? I feel like my body is falling up to pieces every time but I you, like. You broke your your back. Though, yeah, I broke right? my back skating in Burlington like four years ago, and now it's I, I ski a lot in the winter, okay. and skiing. The first couple of years of my back hurt, back hurt really bad, and I wasn't skating that much. I did skate a half a marathon with a, like two months after breaking my back, um, oh. which was stupid. But yeah, uh, I did it, and I was in Montreal. But I skied that winter, and it was good. And it was, my back's been fine skiing. And interesting. Uh, but skating now is fine. I just don't get to skate as much as I'd like because I live so rural. Yeah. You know, I live like two hours from any city. Uh, there's a couple skate parks here, but they kind of suck. I discovered a basketball court that has a ledge, and I just go wizard skating there and okay. you know play around on a ledge. Um, but if I want to skate with a new one, I have to drive like two hours. I just hosted an event this past weekend in in uh, Western Massachusetts in a town called North Adams, and we started with a trail skate in the morning, and then had a skate park session. We got like twenty something people showed up, so it was pretty fun. Um, okay. I actually. Got some Kaya Karma Pro quad skates oh, that I skated for the first time at the I skate park. <laughs> I I've skated quads when I was like like seven or something, you know. And I remember sucking at them at the roller rink. So it was definitely weird, like wearing them, especially like going down, just like rolling because you like leaning back. It feels mm -hmm. like you gonna fall backwards, and and the transition, like pumping a transition or whatever, is like. I didn't figure that one out yet. It's completely different. Yeah, that seems way different. I can't get into the quad stuff. It's, I mean, it's um, cool that they're like, uh, you know, meshing and, you know, doing events together that. and like, and crossing over. And it's I feel like, you know, I, I feel like, you know, Blading Cup was really cool. And they're doing that now. They did a Montreal Cup. They're doing it to Frank Morales, Bashi. Is combining the two disciplines, I think makes events more fun because there's a lot of positive energy in the quad community. You know, yeah. they get really excited about like whatever they land, they get excited, like, you know, a lot of beginners and they just stoked all the time and they don't take it seriously. And I think that's kind of rubbing off on a lot of the overly serious rollerbladers. <laughs> it's hard to not time. be serious when you, when you've done it for so long and that was your mentality at the time. I think it's sometimes hard to, I think we have old, uh, old debt in our minds <laughs> yeah you know it's um i mean there's a few different things you know it's like um i mean frank stoner i was talking to him the other day and he's like you know you have a lot of people come back to blading you have the people who never left kind of complaining about the people coming back and it's called like survivor syndrome because they still oh, really that's happening for, for so long like i mean not like seriously happening but there's some people that are like you know there are Still people that, that are like you know i stuck around for so long and all these people coming in and doing stuff, you know, um, that's not the majority of people, but yeah. it exists. And it's like a survivor syndrome, you know, whatever, yeah, like yeah, how yeah. we labeled it. Um, so uh, let me see. Stefan says, 
Jan, you look great though for my age. Thank you. I appreciate you it. You do. You do. Arthur, Jan took the win. All right. I won. Finally, won a skating related competition. <laughs> and let's see here. <laughs> Rob said some of those soils I've seen posted looking at least at 46. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, uh, I'm just going through the live chat because I didn't catch up. All right. Oh, Richard, beards rule. Look, we got two good beards on we do. your screen right now. Luckily, sure. your computer or your TV. Yeah. Especially if you got a nice TV, nice like ultra HD TV with some HD beards. <laughs> so <you know>. HD. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, one thing I, uh, you know, back in Austin when I was skating all the time, hanging out with my older friends like Jason Howard and Frank Stoner and mm -hmm. uh, Lonnie, Jason, and, oh, wow. you know, all yeah. of them. Um, and Jason Howard is actually going to be on the podcast for is episode he? 30. So next week is is uh, Robert Guerrero. Next Monday, the following Monday is Halloween. So I'm going to do just a different type of show with Frank Stoner, and then the week after that for episode thirty is going to be Jason Howard. So it's going to be on a oh, Monday wow. night at That's eight crazy. p.m. Um, and he still skates hard as shit and uh, cool ass dude, really cool. And he's also got a daughter who skates skating. with him. Yeah, he okay. never quit. He never quit skating. I actually have a full section of him that I filmed um, that I haven't put out yet. So. Oh, sorry to see that. it's a good one. It's, pro it's probably going to be his best ever. Really? In my opinion. How old yeah. is he right now? Oh, he's in his 40s. Like early, oh, wow. He's probably 42 or something. Okay. Uh, I mean, this actually got filmed more like six years ago. So, you know, it was a while ago. I just, I've been, this video I've been working on for a long time is finally wrapping up and coming out sometime, hopefully for Christmas. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, so when I go back to Jason and Frank and everybody, every like fall and winter, we would always talk what new like arthritis or whatever we're feeling like in the knee or like the wrist or the elbow. <laughs> Do you guys experience anything like that? Like, uh, I think other people, I haven't experienced that. Um, I have aches and things like that, but I feel like my body's held up pretty well. It might have been like early on, I took a lot of glucosamine. And things like that. Mm -hmm. I used to like take a pre. For, I don't know if it helped, but I don't have a lot of. I have wrist problems every once in a while. Like it, it kind of gets in a weird spot, especially working out. But for the most part, I don't have. I don't have a lot of arthritis stuff. Yeah, I definitely have it in my wrist because I broke it skating in the nineties, and it just kind yeah. of got arthritis from that. And my knees are definitely. Again, like skating, I feel like walking gives me more knee pain, like and walking skating. up the stairs and stuff, than skating and skiing or biking. Like wow. none, of, like any sports and stuff don't hurt my knees. But when I go like just like walking, like you know, in the store, my knees hurt. It's kind That's of not fun. My ankle was hurting early on when I started skating again, but it's been really actually just thinking about it, it hasn't been hurting. It was really painful at first. My ankle was the only thing that kind of bothered me. Um, I just had my shoulder pain a little bit every once in a while. We were skating some ledge, and I literally just like pancaked it and kind of hurt my shoulder again. But yeah, I don't have a lot of knock on wood. I hope it stays that way. Yeah, well, that's that's good. That's good. Uh, and, and I stretch a lot more now too, though. I, I never, I never stretch, never condition. I feel like there are some skaters out there that took it really 
serious and did a lot of like workout fitness mobility stuff um years ago but i never did that i never didn't get into the gym until i was like 25. well you know everyone back when you're young you feel like you're invincible right you know yeah yeah and stuff and and you do i mean it's great that a lot of skaters have adopted that you know like you got a lot of sessions now it's like everyone's got the foam rollers and stuff and and uh <laughs> everybody takes care of themselves a little bit more than they yeah, did in the past yeah i think that as you get older you're kind of aware of things that you have to do or need to do yeah. to and you're cutting out a lot of the bad activities you know a lot of a lot of skaters did a lot of bad activities in those days the last yeah. thing they wanted to do was like stretch when, when being hung over yeah <laughs> a lot of fast food a lot of drinking a lot of yeah yeah uh, a lot of good old days, right? <laughs> Man, tour some of the stories and the memories of that. My memory is terrible, but there's some good stuff. Some good stuff. It was, yeah, it was, it was pretty amazing. I mean, to tours, tours, uh, oh, well, Richard says drugs, drugs, and <laughs> an FP, FP house. Oh, wait, that's, yeah, I am FP house. Oh, um, I can see that. I wasn't now, in that world. I only, I think I only ever went to the FP house once, but I did spend a lot of time in the Esco house and Esco house was also a wild, you know, time of nobody going to bed for a week, you know, situation, but <laughs> I'm sure FP house was very similar um, yeah. to that. I'm sure Richard's could vouch cause he's, I'm sure he spent time at the Esco house too. Um, even though Richard's somebody I didn't see a lot back in the day, uh, it's just because you know, I guess our scenes were a little bit different. A little bit who different. we skated with and stuff, but mm -hmm. um, but you know, most of the people I skated with back then aren't around anymore. All my old crew from Austin's all around, but most of my San Diego crew, oh, you know, they're gone. gone. Yeah. So yeah. it's cool seeing you know a lot of people like Richard and you guys, you know, all all of you guys around skating and stuff, which is really. I think bad. we're gonna see more people pop up. I feel like from back in the day, I feel like it's just constant. It's there, there's some influx of of you know leaving it. I think it really helped in a lot of ways mentally and and all of that. I know for me, it, 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 I wish I would have kept doing it at the time um, of the stuff I was going through. But yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, Dominic says Richard lived at the Esco house. I don't remember that, but I do remember Dominic. At the Esco house and John, I bet what, yeah. Was well, Abdiel there as well? Abdiel lives there and and uh but man, there was some wild times at that Esco house uh when Dominic was there for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. There's some wild times. Um yeah. but man, what a crew, like what a crew of skaters to wake up in the morning with to go out in a session, you know, at that time. Like so many the talent, talent, the talent people is, living in yeah. in and out of Esco. I mean you know, John Elliott was an early Esco person, um, you know, before he moved down to San Diego. And, but yeah, so many people in that, in that city were amazing. Rob was a perma Esco couch surfer. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really cool to see Eric Shrine still skating. Yeah, um, I love you that. Know, because a lot of the Esco, you know, and Abdiel still skates, but, you know, the original Esco crew themselves, I'm not aware of any of the other ones actively skating. I'm not sure about um, about uh, oh, what's his name. Why am I having a, a Robert Leovanos? 
You know, Rob, I talked to Rob. I'm trying to get him. I've tried so many times. I think he's rec skating, big wheel skating. But I talked to him. I actually need to call him. I was supposed to call him, but he. Uh, I try to get him out, but I think he's he's kind of. I think he's staying put, just on the rec skates. Well, at least it's, at least it's on rec skates. At least, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you I know, don't know how like, often he does skating. It, but he's in the design space too. He's been in it for obviously a long time. Um, I know a lot of people too who came back to skating through rec skating so they could skate with their kids and then yeah. we're going to do aggressive and then start doing aggressive again. Yeah. You know? and so it's, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and Dustin Fisher says, I have zero people from my childhood to still skate. Um, Same here. I, I guess I'm pretty lucky. Well, I didn't really start skating as a child cause I'm older, but you know, I was like, well, I started skating when I was like 16 or something, but um, of my original crew, which would have been like Lonnie Gallegos, Jason Howard, yeah, Anna yeah. Rogers, Jerry McBay, like they all still skate, you know, f like for the most part, um, which is really rad. And I kind of wish I would have never, I mean, I wish I would have never stopped to be honest. <laughs> Where do you think you would be now if you never stopped? I don't, that's a, that's a, that's a good question. I don't, I don't know. It was kind of a blessing and a curse, I think, because it helped catapult me into a um, into a career that I didn't know I was even going to get into, I think. And um, during all of that time, I think it just was like the outlet. I don't know if I would have went down a great path otherwise. Um, I distracted myself with, with work, I think. Yeah. Well, you did the right choice. What was right for you at the time, and you, yeah. you know, end up coming back to blading anyway. Yeah, and and you're able to just rediscover it, you know, and find a new passion for it. Which, yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, which is awesome. Um, and Iroboot says thank you for everything both of you have done for the sport. Well, we appreciate it, Iroboot. And I don't know if you've seen Ben's YouTube channel, Benjamin Sanders. It's called Iroboot. And yeah, it's, yeah. Really, it's really good. Uh, he's a really good skater. He was living in San Antonio. He just moved to Oklahoma City. And yeah, if you haven't checked out his channel, check it out. I roll a boot. Make sure to check out Richard Johnson on YouTube as well because his channel is awesome. And the first Sunday stuff that they all have put together, it's really, it's really amazing. Like to see, I mean, the last one we had, some guys were out from Utah. So, and th there's, literally like 100 to 200 people I feel like show up like it's pretty big and it's a lot of fun and the energy it's kind of like the the quad skaters it's very positive it's very light it's it's just a really good time with tacos and clothes and things out there just like people can kind of I don't know it, it actually makes me excited about rolling even more that's really cool that's sick yeah. uh let me see and Richard, super sticker. Oh, super sticker. Oh, wow. Thank you, Richard. Um, and then Launder, Jan, thanks for the shout, shout out, Michael O. One trick a day. One trick a day. And and the first Sundays, who like who organizes that? How did it get started? Was that something that started after you started I'm, skating, or was that happening was... already before you started skating? It was happening, I believe, before. It's uh, Ob, Noah, uh, Richard. Uh, Richard, you can add or whoever can add to that. I don't know. Uh, why am I missing? Oh, uh, Danny. 
I believe Dan Rosado. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's pretty much the four. That's that really cool. That together, but I know that some people have done something similar in the past, um, and I think they just carried on that tradition, and and it's just evolved and become something really great, uh, especially for the community and for people. It's it's. It's probably the most fun I've had in a while when we go out to do those things. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, it's such a, it's such a, it's like the mecca of blading right now in the U.S. for the most part. You know, I mean, yeah. San Diego was kind of a hub when the magazine was there, but it was still not not like it is with the community, com mm -hmm. you know, united community. Everybody was in there, still in their crews and stuff. You know, it's like L.A. is a big community, and there's lots of communities as well. Like, I mean, I know mm -hmm. Chris Rossi's uh, doing a lot of stuff with his shop out there and you know he does some stuff with the big wheel you know chris rossi he does and that my, shop what's it called um oh, i can't remember the name of it so i could do shop in la they sell like valo stuff they do wizard stuff they, he does like oh, some, really he does some skate nights there um uh someone in the chat might know what it's called I, I, off the top of my head i can't remember i had a shirt on yesterday too oh it's called astral blades why does that sound familiar because it's a shop in LA. I must, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it sounds familiar. There's a, it's interesting. A lot of crews that, like Sunday Brunch, is a crew that I, I kind of jumped into, uh, from time to time. I'm kind of feel like a bit of an outsider, but I kind of inject myself, and it's been great to be able to connect with, it, with those guys and skate with those. I Stockwell, Stockwell mm -hmm. used to skate back in the day with a little bit yeah. when I come to LA and the McLeods. And that was a lot of fun. So kind of reconnecting and meeting a lot of the newer guys. It, it's been cool. That's I haven't really been sick. to and Billy being there. Billy I've known for a while. It's I haven't been to a Sunday brunch in a while because the first Sunday in and other things. But I need to get to another one. I think they stopped for a while because McMullen just had a baby. And he's usually like the ringleader of it all. Do you ever go down to San Diego to skate? I know the skate's much to. smaller there, but there's I see probably still a lot of good spots and parks. I'm yeah, sure I see Fr guess. Fromm's there, right? And he's yeah, Fromm's always there. that first Sunday. And I've been wanting to go out there. We were actually talking about a first Sunday being out there, but I don't know what happened. Um, I definitely want to get to San Diego. I haven't been there since, I think, skating with you. Uh, I think you were there. Shane was there. Happy was there. That was probably the last time I went to – no, that can't be the last time I went to San Diego. Was that Northrop was living there? It's been a while since I've been to San Diego in general. It's been a long time. And I, and the tacos, Mike Obadoba does his tacos. Yes, the tacos uh, are. I'm sure awesome. I butcher his name. Okay, and then Iroh Boots says the tacos look good. Um, it's amazing how many have tacos food have you had today? Okay, so I'm gonna just throw it out there. The tacos in LA. Like regardless if he's making them are really good and they're cheap, and, you know, compared to where I live, the tacos suck yeah, terribly. Yeah, yeah. It's like a like AMC got together with Seven Eleven and opened like a taco truck and charged <laughs> you like twenty dollars for two shitty tacos. That's what it's like living here in New England. Everything's terrible. There is I did discover a burrito shop about an hour or forty minutes north of me, right on the Canadian border. Uh -huh. That the lady moved there from San Diego. And they have authentic California burritos, San Diego style. And oh. they're just half the size and like twice as much money. But still cheaper than going to San Diego to get them. Um, looks you like you're tacos are... Oh, go ahead. Oh, San Diego, December 4th. What oh. were you saying? 
I was saying, ta- you say tacos are good in LA, but where I live, there is not, there's no good Mexican food. No, no. Good Mexican food. No. Where I stayed at I the hotel go. for Blading Cup, there was like a, a taco truck right by my hotel. It was delicious. Oh, really? What are yeah. I'm trying to save damn 40 minute north. Cali burrito? Where's Cali burrito? Or he's just saying Cali. Uh, that's the, the Cal, that's that was a Cali burrito for me. Forty minutes north. Uh oh. Pour it back in the house. Okay. So, <laughs> also, okay. I know that like Richard and is traveling to go to events and stuff. Like I know he's going to the Frank Morales. No, there's an event. There's an event that I want to let everybody know about because it's in Montreal. They just had it about a month ago. They did really bad marketing for it, but it was an amazing Wait, event. What? Oh. It's called Montreal Cup, and um, and it's it's a it's like a blading cup, but in Montreal, really cool event. Everyone should go next year. The Montreal blading scene is insane. So many good skaters there. Yeah, it was, I want to go out to. I love when we spent two weeks or a week in Montreal. I love Montreal. It was it was it's a cool city. Was and really the skate cool. parks are or skate skating insane is amazing there. insane Fox, like so many. Yeah, because that kid Lorik lives there, and then there's like seven people from from uh, France, seven or so people from France that live there. You know, Rob G's out in Quebec right now. Freddie White's out there. A, a comp out there. What the comp was that? I did compete in that comp. I don't remember what it was called. Sorry, I cut you off. Yeah, I'm not sure. There was a bunch of comps back in the day, but it's, it's a good. different scene. There's a few. Oh, you know who lives out there? Do you remember Sandro Timoteo? Like yeah, 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 yeah. So he lives in Montreal and he still skates and he kills it. Like he got like second place at the Montreal Cup in Pro. Um oh, wow. which was super sick. Uh maybe first place. I don't remember what he got. He got in top three there. Um him and Dennis Rabby, who's another old school Montreal skater who actually worked at Daily Bread with me in around okay. two thousand. Um but yeah, the scene out there is amazing, and it's two hours. It's actually Montreal is the closest city to my house, so that's oh, really? where I skate. That's where I skate at the most. I'm actually going to spend this coming weekend. I'm going to be in Montreal the whole weekend. So me and my girlfriend are going out there. We're going to do some skating. We're going to do some park skating with some friends. Going to do some trail skating. There's a new shop out there called Boutique Solo. They've got like 112 different skates in stock, so you can try on like oh, any wow. rec skate, urban skate, to aggressive. aggressive skate, everything. It's aggressive people who open the shop, but they cater to everybody. Mm-hmm. So, And then they have a huge like night skate there on Fridays, like luminous skate where everybody's got the light-up wheels. and um, it's, a, it's a really cool scene. I, I just wish it was there. like, I wish it was like an hour closer, because it's like at that, that distance where it's like... Threshold. When you go for a Friday night skate, it starts at nine and ends at midnight. Do you really want to drive two and a half or two hours back? You know, um, yeah, yeah. At night, crossing the border and stuff like, you know, half the border spots don't even open at that, that late at night. <laughs> we spent two hours or more at the border on RFCC. I think it was RFCC tour. Follow RFCC something. We got stuck there for quite some time. Uh, Stefan says, "What park? I'll show up." Lataz Skate Park. There's actually a cash cash for skate uh, contest happening December fourth or s- the first week of December in Montreal. Stuff and so Whoa, you can go check that park? out. Man, I gotta make a trip out there. This park looks sick. What's it called? The one you're talking about, Ta- uh, Lataz. Yeah, Lataz, Lataz is sick, dude. It's two stories. 
So they have uh, upstairs, they have a, a foam pit, a bowl, a spine, and a mini ramp. And then downstairs, they have like a, a roller derby track with a wooden yeah, wrist around it. And then like a, like a one unit ramp that has like a street course built into it and a mini ramp, a little one, but it's really fun. And then they have the pro course, which is like a feast course, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, massive massive skate park and then it's got like resi resi pits and stuff in there and uh it's not it's huge and in the winter uh because obviously it gets really cold in this area the bladers and the shop they rent it out like once or twice a month for blade only sessions from like eight to midnight so you have like 70 80 people skating there um and it's really cool it's really fun and if anybody wants to go to montreal make sure you hit me up because you can come to Vermont and visit, do some skiing. You ski at all growing up in like Sacramento area? No, I felt like it was. Uh, when I went to Sac at nineteen, uh, I felt like it was kind of a, an expensive sport. Yeah, all it definitely. Snowboard, all that. I snowboarded for maybe a couple of years, but I got a bunch of old gear from a bunch of friends that um, I was able to go up. And then uh, I had friends that worked for a different company or different ski resorts, so I get free tickets or. Things like that. I did it for probably two seasons, doing a little bit of grinding, started airing, doing a lot of stuff like that on a snowboard. But I didn't mm -hmm. ever, I never skied. I've always wanted to ski. I want to try this this winter maybe. It's really fun. I mean, it's just for me, it's just like skating, like downhill skating. And we, I mean, John Elliott's cousin was us working snowblowing at Big Bear down okay. there in Southern California, or at, you know where you guys are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, um, yeah. for two years, so for two years, we had free lift tickets. Um, oh, see, that's awesome. awesome. So yeah. we did. I went snowboarding for two seasons. Then, then when I moved to Vermont, I lived you know ten minutes from a ski area. Just because season pass, like <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. you don't have to pay for gas or anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Let's see. Let's get back to some questions I have. Um, I'm just trying to look through your questions to see if there was something. We'll... Oh, is there anything you want to touch base on? Hmm. No, but I was looking at the one where we met, but I think we already covered that. Yeah, I yeah. Where we met. I remember I getting. I remember, yeah. Um, what's your favorite trick to do now? Like, what's your what's going to be your first trick you do when you get to the skate park? Uh, favorite trick, favorite trick. Um, or what's the only trick? If you could only do one trick for the rest of your life, what would it be? Wait, what? <laughs> true sav, true sav is probably one of my favorite tricks. So that's going to be like Alpine, true sav, anything like that is probably my my favorite. Anything unity, I guess. And what's your warm-up trick? Do you have a warm-up trick you do first warm -up every trick time? It's probably back royale. Back royale. Back royale or soul top. Yeah, that's a good warm-up trick. That's the same back. That's the same warm-up trick for uh, Lorik had last okay. week. And Robert Guerrero says that yeah, back royale. And Robert Guerrero said that was his as well in the last interview. So I think you're doing good. It depends. Like if it's a park, it's back royale. If it's like a handrail, it's probably soul grind. Um, if it's a down ledge, it's probably back rail, things like that. Like I have, I guess, depending on the obstacle or the, or the spot. And how but often are you skating handrails these days? I haven't skated a handrail in a while, actually. Have I skated a handrail recently? I can't remember if I've skated a handrail recently. I'd have to look at footage. My memory is slipping. Um, a lot of le down ledges, part, a lot of park. So if there's a rail at a park, I'm probably skating the rail a little bit, but mm -hmm. um, not likely. But yeah, 
Rails seem a little dangerous to me these days, but I do want to start skating them again. There was a photo you posted on your Instagram a while back of you doing like a solo down a kink trail. Was that an old photo or, or like a oh, back and that did photo? skate? That did skate the. Uh, it was a school down the way. I was skating Mike and Ryan uh, one morning. This was probably six months or a year after skating, and uh, we. I just saw the rail and I was like, I just want to hit this. So that that actually is the only. I think the only rail or one of the only rails that I've hit in a long time. And doing a kinker was kind of intimidating, but I want to go back and do more on that. I actually want to session that. That yeah, school has a lot of cool shit. I saw that photo and I'm like, damn, that's really sick. I wonder if it's well, because you have a mix of old and new. Old and new, um, yeah. It was it was new. I was uh, I'm gonna put up Barber just skated that spot, I think. So everyone, make sure and follow Michael on Instagram. I'm putting up his Instagram handle right here. It's just at Michael Martino, and you can see some of his old stuff, his new stuff. You can see the photo of him doing the kink trail, all really good skating. Make sure to follow him on Instagram. I mean, skating park rails. I'm trying to see if I, I'm looking back now to see if I skated any other rails other than that. Oh, we skated rail in Irvine. Went to Irvine, UC Irvine. That was really fun. There's so much stuff there. Oh, yeah. It's like a skate So park. much stuff. Yeah, it's amazing. I That's really cool. There, yeah. Is there is a rail? A lot. What do you What do you have? I just have a uh, uh, Dan's rails rails uh, in my backyard that he made. It's like a little kind of gradual so, rail. See, that's another thing I don't have. My we don't have a paved driveway or paved garage, so I don't keep any rails up. I have some rails, but I have to drive them somewhere. Um, and then in the yeah. wintertime, there's nothing covered. There's no like covered pavilions, no parking. Oh yeah, garage. you're screwed. Yeah. I, I googled it. The closest parking garage to me is like two hours away. So. No way. It's like <laughs> bullshit, dude. You gotta go to like Montreal or like in the U in, in the US, it's gotta be like uh like Manchester, New Hampshire or something. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. Now, is there any tricks since you started skating again that you're doing that you didn't really do when you before you quit? Um true top porn is one that I do know a lot, and true top acid I kind of did, but I didn't do a lot of it. Um those are kind of the unities, I guess forward unities. I never really did forward unities. I was never a big regular unity fan except years ago I did, but I'd say those are the true top a true fish too is something that I never really did. I did a lot of true top souls, things like that, but never really got into true fish or true top porn stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Those are cool tricks to kind of start doing now. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that's like pretty you know those are pretty cool <laughs> yeah yeah true, true fish is dangerous true fish is very dangerous this is funny robert asks what is a salve for true savannah, savannah savannah and and then robert says people are naming tricks after landscapes nowadays <laughs> that's an what do you mean <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's hilarious. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Frank Stoner, but he's like this. He has like a PhD in like or a master's in linguistics and, and another one in rhetorics. And he's like done a bunch of articles on naming tricks like in BMAG and like one. And oh, I haven't seen that. And talking to him about trick naming and stuff like 
is pretty funny because you have a whole like I don't like for me I don't really care what people call tricks you know but some yeah, people really, really care really about that. you know if it's like Alec Unity or Truce or say whatever like they get like heated you know for me it's like Why? like a really I oh it's I haven't ran into anybody like that oh that's you, know you that haven't been on you haven't been on on uh, you haven't been you obviously don't have Facebook. Have you no, I don't on use Facebook. Yeah, no. you don't have a bit on like rollerblading, rollerblading, where it's just like trick name, no. you know, naming discussions for 40 pages. I don't think it's that serious. I don't think it's that serious to get that anal about it. I do know, like, with our current culture, uh, true, like, true top porn or using the word porn and things like that seem to be sensitive now. But yeah, yeah, they call it like star grind, like which I yeah. think, you know, I think, I mean, I think it's kind of personally. I don't think porn porn star is a bad word. I, I mean, either. there's a lot of bad words. There's a lot of words that I understand that people have used that shouldn't be used. Yeah. But you know, that's like, and it's yeah, whatever. I mean, like I said, I don't really care what people call stuff, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. But I don't think but, I'll uh, ever adopt any new names, though. I, it's uh, you know, I'm you know, and then we had a discussion on on with Frank on trick naming as well like how a lot of tricks were named back in the you know early 90s 90s mm -hmm. late 90s uh you know after skateboard tricks and yeah uh, you know yeah. like doing stuff switch and that's and then you had like dave Payne who would make you know vg sections the unnatural section instead of using like a skateboard trick he would call it unnatural um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. going away from labeling tricks like you know 50 50 just calling it a front side or whatever even though there's front side 50 50 but, but whatever you know like Sure. And I thought I thought that was you know interesting. Um, let me see, catch up with the feed. I'm sure, I got true fish on lock down El Toro first try. Stefan says face. there's a bike park only called Joyride. I know Joyride has sessions in Toronto quite a bit with the blade scene there, um, especially in the winter. I want to go to Toronto this winter. Sean Michelson. I know you said you were going to get a pro valo. If you could rewrite history and get a pro skate from any of your previous sponsors, what would it look like? That's a good question. It'd be very earth tone. I mean, as everybody knows, I'm, I tend to have a lot of camo shit. So I don't know. I did uh, recently try to design a skate just for fun, just as like a, as a concept, but um, Valo back then, it probably would have some sort of olive green or some sort of green involved. Um, yeah. Is that the next project with your crew, Escape Escape Brand? No, I think there's. <laughs> it's very interesting actually because I did hit Matias up like when I had just started skating because I just wanted to build like a case study and design something and, and put a skate together. And uh -huh. I was just hearing about all these products coming out and, and things and, and looking at the addressable market and skating as a whole. I think we tend to saturate. Everybody kind of goes where everybody's creating. I think, and we have a lot of brands and companies out as far as skates. And I think it's too many and it really hurts us in the long run. I think as far as how small our industry is, I still am baffled why rollerblading can't get to the level of, of say skateboarding or other potential sports to where people can actually, I know even skateboarding is kind of hard these days, but we don't seem to, we don't seem to grow really. Well, I think it's the piggybacking on other disciplines is what's going to help us, especially yeah. what's been happening in the past several years. is like with world skate, you know, it used to be like you had these extreme contests. You had like bikes, boards, and blades, right? Um, but now you have it's just blades, but all the diff different disciplines. And I think that's a mm -hmm. great way to grow the sport because you bring all the blades together. They can market together. They can invest together. Um, 
and yeah. even grow together. You know, all the different disciplines of inline skating all kind of hate each other or didn't weren't even aware of each other for such a long time. So that's beauty, my, that's my what thought I do, on it. What I love about now is you don't have the hate from skateboarders. Or other, there's a lot of inclusiveness, I feel like, in the different industries. I remember just growing up in Visalia, a lot of skateboarders just did not like rollerbladers. There were always some sort yeah, of... I mean, you know, they're in their 60s now. Those guys are in their 60s now. Yeah. You know? And they're still yeah. bitter. They're just a home bitter. Uh, I mean, we have... Generally, we never have issues with skateboarders, but there's one park. I do this event in Vermont every summer, just camping, skating thing, and there's one park that they fucking hate us because we wax everything, and they literally spend the entire year pissed off about the next year they're going to come there. Interesting. And I mean, they do so many posts. They like war. They like find our schedule and they like try to warn everybody in these other towns that we're going to come wax all their shit. So it's like super funny. Um, I'm I feel like skateboarders. Okay. I was just. I'm actually taking that park off the list for next year just because it's too much of a hassle dealing with these hassle. guys. Like they. I mean, they, the the footage. I'll have to show you the footage sometime. The guy shows up cussing he like he's just an old hash guy he's like cussing the whole time yeah like it's like a grinder tries to grind the wax off the coping while you're skating it and stuff like <laughs> and they have they put up like no waxing signs and Wait, really like yeah and everyone oh, just wow. wall rides off of them but for me because it's like a public it's on public land right mm -hmm. it's not like a private diy everyone's yeah. allowed to skate there and for me like it's that they can't just say no rollerblading so they say no waxing, which just mm -hmm. means no rollerblading. No roll because the only people or, roll, they're going to wax is rollerbladers, yeah, right? Yeah, so it's yeah. like another way of saying say no rollerblading. Um, you know, so it's like, and they're like, there's signs, there's rules. I'm like, you guys are skateboarders. You guys follow rules and signs? Come on. You guys street skate. says what no skateboarding. You see, no. you see a, a spot that says no skateboarding? And you'd be like, oh, there's a sign. We can't skateboard. No, bullshit. Them, them, but like say that you can't skate there because they have a sign. It's just like yeah. so ironic. <laughs> People, I feel like skateboarders here love wax. The ones that I've run into, they the love younger wax. ones so do. In Austin, the younger, they yeah. do too. Yeah, all yeah. the good Austin skateboarders would wax stuff for us because the older guys were still kind of assholes, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, the younger guys and and yeah, I don't know. It's uh, they like to go fast. Uh, but it's still funny. Like at that park we skated on Saturday, North Adams, when we got there, there was no skateboarders there. And when we left, there was like 30 skateboarders. And the first thing I heard a skateboarder say once we were leaving is everything's so slippery, <laughs> you know, cause he, <laughs> this is one kid that we skate with and waxes like everything, everything. And like a lot, like, yeah, he waxes. Even stuff everything. you're probably not even skating. He's probably waxing. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and now you, you had mentioned earlier, like that you definitely, uh, well, let me just ask this with the evolution of skating, since how it's changed from when you quit until it is now with a little bit more tech stuff. And like, is there stuff you like about that? Or do you, or do you, are you someone who misses how skating was? Uh, I love the. The different avenues that are out there now i think we, it would have been nice to have that back in the day i don't know if it would have um been received the same way i think you obviously have to have evolution and, and change happening to where there's that acceptance i think it's a lot more accepted now but there you're always going to have people that 
are going to be nostalgic and want that. I do think it's mm -hmm. important to still have hammers, to still have whatever that means, whether that's big, small. I mean, it could be a hammer. It could just be a very technical trick. But um, I, I like still seeing the stunt blading. I love seeing stunt blading, but I also love seeing like wizard blading. Mm -hmm. um, they have complete opposite uh, um, spectrums, but they offer something really unique in each other, I think. That's no. really cool and digestible. Yeah, I think it's really fun. It's just, yeah, I like to, you know, looking back, like when I started doing like the long distance skating in 2016, mm -hmm. like maybe in 2015, you know, as I said earlier, back in the day, I wouldn't have been caught dead even thinking about riding your know, big wheel skates, or whatever. And but mm -hmm. looking back then, I was like, man, I should have. It would have been so fun to skate around San Diego on big wheels, you know. Back oh in yeah. The yeah. I'm like, I lived in so many good places to do urban skating, and I didn't do it just because, you know, we were too cool for it or whatever. Um, but also, the evolution of the products are, are have gone so much farther that it they have looks cool. Like if you would, it looks them, cooler. Yeah. But still, it's still the same. It's still a four by eighty. At the end of the day, yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, yeah. I mean, I think that's one thing that attracted people initially back to blading before COVID and stuff like that is when when PowerSlide came up with the the you know, like the three wheel skate, um, mm -hmm. the tri skate. It didn't look like an inline skate. So I would be skating around Austin, and almost every single person would, that would comment would say, "What are those?" You know, because they didn't realize they were like roll blades or whatever, because it's they don't look the same. You have three wheels, they're big, and they just look cool and different. Um, and I think that kind of helped get some people in. Somebody's asking what I roller boot, what is a hammer? I mean what is a hammer? <laughs> I mean hammers, like I said, could be anything. I mean, traditionally they are big stunts. Um, now I don't think that they have to be necessarily big dangerous stunts, they could be very technical. Uh, well, you know, for me like Frank and I had a conversation the other day about best tricks. Like, what what qualifies as a best trick? Like, is it yeah, that's another like, thing. Yeah. Is it just like like the scope of the, the size of the trick? Like, is it the style? Um, you know, we came up with like six different things, and if you took like three of those, it kind of qualifies as a best trick. But you know, some skaters like almost every trick they've ever done is the best trick. You look at like Aragon or like Broskow or Haffy yeah, versus yeah. other people having you know one to twelve best tricks in their career. Mm -hmm. You know, so what really is a best trick? And if you look at you know, I'm, you know, a lot of opinion that back then the best trick has to be like perfect, you know. But you look at Haffy jumping over the wall at Bercy and putting his hand down, you know, some people just say it doesn't count because he put his hand down, but it's so crazy, you know, yeah. that's like doesn't count. You know, even when Pat jumped off the roof to the ledge, like, you know, his landing wasn't perfect. His landing was, yeah. A purist would be like, that doesn't count. But I'd love to see any of these people say that doesn't count actually try any yeah. of those tricks because yeah. none of them would do it. Yeah. Um, I think it's I think that's really hard to gauge comps like how to that's why I say a Blake cup and all these other things is like how do you actually judge that because everybody's mm -hmm. so different in their aesthetic their choices their decisions how, what they do how they do it um I think it's 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 a really difficult thing to to achieve a great outcome I, yeah well I think it's a lot different best trick in the comp setting um versus a street best trick because yeah it's it's more about crowd pleasing. It's not about because you cannot necessarily like a winter clash. You see how big somebody goes above the crowd. You never see their landing, right? So best trick on a comp setting is more like how big can you go? Like the big, yeah. It's not necessarily about how clean it is, you know. No, how, no, how, no. Versus in street, it's got to be a little bit cleaner. 
but her style. So best trick is in like competition versus street is totally different. Um, I love the rawness of something not being perfect though. I used to kind of have that desire for that perfect, but that rawness and that imperfection that really makes the trick what it is. Right. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. It's kind and, of, yeah. Go ahead. Oh yeah. I, I go ahead and finish what your, your thought you had. It's even like, like fashion wearing clothes. Like I like shit that feels kind of imperfect and it feels a little rough. Um, I think it makes it interesting. Um, and it stands out. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Oh. And Richard answers these question on hammer. Oh. Look at air fiber, pray for God. <laughs> literally, that is the image I had in my head when he asked that hammer thing. And then you'll see hampers. You'll see hampers. <laughs> A Just lot kidding. of hampers. Just kidding, hammers, hammers. <laughs> and yeah. Stefan, like, I live to tire hammers. And he said, meant to throw hammers. Everybody's having typos right now. Yeah. And Richard says Demetrius George is a hammer, and yeah, he's—I mean, he's definitely a hammer skater. Um, I mean, it's exciting. Have you ever seen him? See. Does he like? Does he? Does he? Does Demetrius do any skating that's not hammers? Like, yeah, does he do chill skating? Because I've of obviously, course. obviously, all you see of him is hammers. You know, or at least that's all I've seen of him. I haven't well, really seen warming it. up, and there's hitting different spots or skate parks. Sorry, I just haven't seen him do it in, in yeah. video, or whatever. Yeah. I have just kind of like, I mean, I assume if he skates with you guys, you guys probably do some parking stuff. But yeah. looking at the footage of him, I just assume he's like, I'm just going to go do big shit like every single day. It's that, <laughs> it's that business blading from back in the day. The business blading. Yeah. yeah. Go to a spot to do something. You already like mapping it out where you're going to do. That was kind of the way of skating for a long time. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's for sure. And Dustin Fisher says, I see rollerblading now more as an art as opposed to the 90s, early 2000s. Everyone's hammering everything. Um, I do agree. There's a lot more artisticness yeah. to skating. And I think that's a, you know, a part of the cross of disciplines. Um, I, so it was, oh, I was going to say it was, it was like like the hammer skating period. Like, Was it fun for you or was it stressful? in a way, like the, the competitive nature of like, who's going to be the best on the streets. I think that was a little uh, intimidating and scary, but I think it also pushed you like way beyond your ability of what you thought you could do. I think, mm -hmm. I don't know if I've done hammers to the extent of a, a lot of people, but, or, or big tricks or big stunts, but I've done some that I look back on like, holy fuck. And if rollerblading wasn't pushing to that direction or that place, I don't know if I would have even discovered that ability or that, you know, accomplishment in, in a sense. I think it really challenges you. I don't know if it should saturate the, the space, but it definitely takes you far out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And you feel like you have to do it because in order to kind of keep leveling up, you've got to keep up. Mm -hmm. and that, that necessarily isn't, I wouldn't say it's the right way or the way that it should be, but there are people that have kind of stayed in their own space and done their own thing for, for quite some time. But when I had Connor on a show, you know, he, he said the level of business blading we were doing, you know, mm -hmm. around that era and with who his like peers were, who were all really good. And they were always like trying to outdo each other. He said, it was like, you know, at some point that type of skating just took the fun out of skating for him. You know, yeah. It's like, 
Um, it's it's not you're not going out to skate necessarily for fun. You're going out either just for filming or like to one up, you know, uh, Ian or or Jeff or somebody, you know, um, and and it just like kind of got overwhelming. And you know, it's one of the reasons he kind of stepped aside from it. Um, yeah, I never had that competitive nature. I always only competed with myself on what I felt I should do. I never really, even being around people, I didn't really look at it like, oh, I need to one up or do something, you know, bigger. It was like, what can I do that I want to do that is going to challenge me and, and what I want to achieve, I guess. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But there were influences, obviously, as far as like scale or obstacle, you start to look bigger and see bigger things. But yeah, I always did what well, felt right for me skating wise, I guess. We're coming up on a two hour mark. So, and I'm almost out of questions. So I want to reach out to the group chat Let's or the live it. chat. If anyone has any questions for Michael before we say good night, go ahead and start posting those in the live chat and we will answer them if anybody has any, you know? And I, I want to thank, oh, go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say, I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight uh, in the live chat and contributing in the discussion. And anyone who's watching this later on, thank you again yeah. as well. And anyone who's to the podcast version, which I'm not sure how many people do because I don't actually follow how many people watch the podcast. But thank you all so much. Um, I will echo that as well. But I did want to bring up, I feel like skating being back is missing some of the people that were, uh, you had these like icons, these people like Latimer, Feinberg, so on and so on to where it was almost like a professional basketball player. So I don't feel like I see that anymore in the sport in the younger generation. I might just be far removed, but I just don't feel like I see that same like gravitation towards them. maybe Bellino um, as far as younger, Bellino is younger. Well, um, my opinion, still have it. Yeah. I have opinion on stuff like that with you know Feinberg and like Shima and, yeah, and Shima. a lot of pros Huge. back in that day. It, there was a lot of you know the brands marketed and imaged a lot of those people you know from print ads you're seeing in magazines all the time creating like almost a god type character you know with kids yes. photos on the wall yeah yeah and, and part of that reason it's not like that anymore is because print's gone everything's Instagram. Um, it's hard to market a writer as a brand, you know, how you, it was a lot easier back in the day. Um, and there's a lot of good kids on Instagram and stuff that brands, you know, they're more willing to give them a free pair of skates than, you know, focusing money, promoting somebody else. Um, and I think that's part of it. It's just not the, the, the market. A lot of people can't market themselves in the thousands. Yeah. They were being marketed by somebody else, which helped grow their brand themselves and i think that's a big thing missing for pros today or maybe damon has a little bit of that right now i feel like maybe oh speaking of like legendary blader tree tree rudolph is in oh, the chat shit who's cause you a living legend and tree is like it's so wild and stuff the like, sickest uh, skater yeah who yeah. who like speak talk about best tricks like every single post he does on instagram is like a best trick of the crazy yeah story. you know like <laughs> it's, it's amazing it's amazing and tree asks if that's the gona hat 
and it is. Yes, yes. This we, is one we of those two colorways. Yeah. Oh, there's actually gonna be three hats. There's a five panel and then two of these different colors. That's really cool. Which I think uh, Dom and Richard have posted, and I might have reposted it, um, asking which colors we should roll with. I saw that post, and yeah. I, I went with. I answered that post. Which I don't remember the colors, but I think I, I don't remember which one I picked, but I liked all of them. So yeah, it was yeah. kind of a hard decision. Yeah, it was really. It's really hard. This is my favorite right here. We're one of the favorite colors. Are those labels, uh, like little leather labels? On yeah, there? it's a leather little leather tag. Oh yeah, it looks good. Leather oh yeah, tag. perfect. Are you corduroy? Yeah, corduroy. Yeah, that's it's a like a tight. Hat. It's a tight, shallow corduroy, but it, it kind yeah. of feels classy. It feels very. I've never actually seen that style of hat as a corduroy before. Yeah, it's, Dom actually had one, so that's what it was kind of based off of. Hmm. It's, well, it's been a long time since I've seen Dom too, besides the blading cup. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, are you talking about they a blading cup November? No, I like, no. I only was able to go to the other one because I had frequent flyer miles, but uh, okay, you know, too broke to travel for skating unless it's like close by, maybe next year sometime. Rob asked if I'm skating shadows right at the very moment. No, I'm skating uh, sways. I kind of shifted to sways, one to support farmer. In those skates but also dom skate is coming so i kind of wanted to get used to the skate dom skate as well so but i'm i'm also waiting for some shadows to come in because all mine kind of got beat to hell so they were like floppy very floppy. what's the, what's dom getting a sway or aeon sway 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 okay sick well that's good for you yeah, that's why I started. I started saying, well, it's actually interesting this way. Other than them moving the frame back, I think that's a, it's a really solid skate. A really solid skate. Dustin, uh, I'm not sure where Dustin Fisher lives, but his comeback story. I didn't even know there was a skating community until I went to the park and there were skaters there. And then I just opened my eyes and was like, damn, people are still doing this. <laughs> well, that's an awesome park day to go to. Yeah. Uh, and then Robert asked what you're wearing, and then he asked what I'm putting on my feet right now. Yeah, so I still right. have – I'm skating the Icon AG20s with the Wish frames for the most part, and then I'm also dabbling around with the um, Rollerblade Sean Keen length skates. I wanted to try those. They're Love pretty them. nice. They're a little – like sizing-wise, I hear they're true to size, but I feel like – they might be a little small on my foot. I'm usually, we usually wear a 10 and a half, and I feel like they fit more like a 10. But okay. I'm hoping I, you know, I just break them in. They might need to be broken in a little bit more, a few more times because I've only skated them like three times so far. Um, yeah. Rob asked if they're Phil. They're really feeling pretty similar to the old throne feel. Yeah, I feel like it is. Like something about it does feel that way. It feels like the old throne. Minus that 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 frame shift, I tend to fall like stick forward. Um, I guess that's why people write bigger frames on them. But I feel like they have a thrown. I mean, I feel like all skates though they don't feel as solid as they used to. Um, the plastic or the materials or parts they fall they kind of fall off. I had a problem with that with quite a bit of skates, where things break and snapping buckles on my shadow snap constantly. Really. Yeah, never had with the new like shadows. That. I've only the only shadows I ever skated was the um the very first Dust Limer shadows. Oh, okay, never skated those. And I, I skated those. Crazy. I skated those in 2012, 
when I moved to Austin, somebody sent actually actually I didn't have any skates. I posted online like I needed some. Somebody sent me a brand new pair of those skates, and I skated them. I liked them quite a bit. Um, I skated them for a while. They're but probably yeah. the most comfortable skates out there. I think with the new like snowboard boot, it's a little bit narrow for mm-hmm. my foot, but they're probably the most comfortable skates to ever skate in the world. I think as far as any skate I've ever skated, they're, they're just the most comfortable. Sick, I, maybe that's cause I got older. I just want comfort <laughs> more than anything. I can't just stuff my foot in the skate and deal with it being numb. I've actually got a set of the, the Chris Farmer sways here. I just don't have any frames to put on them. So oh, really? Yeah. I'm going to get some frames and then some, I'm going to set large up frames. I was thinking about what's that large frames. Yeah. I was thinking about maybe getting some, some, uh, maybe getting his create frame to go with it. So it's a complete mm, farmer complete setup. Frame. I've yeah. never skated create frames, but you know, Hakeem really. and Hakeem and Brian Lewis are over here in Boston and I've been talking to them quite a bit. So, uh, it'd be cool to get those on there. Uh, I roll a boot. I roll a boot asks what part of skating is the biggest pain in the ass. Wait, what, what part of skating is the biggest pain in, in what part of skating is the biggest pain in the ass? I don't. Or is it not a pain in the ass? It's not a pain in the ass at all. I mean, the only, I guess, injury is a pain in the ass. Falling without um, your crash pads? That too. Uh, but I don't really feel like it's a pain in the ass at all. I've been, it definitely brings you back to being young i feel like it keeps us really young and grounded i don't know that the meditativeness of it um has been nice especially in a world where i've just constantly been working 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 it's like a great escape like it's just like being on tour you're kind of detached like you're just detached from reality i guess in a sense so you you just focus on that thing that you're doing and you have to right so i'm really excited about that part of it What's your like? I mean, guess you know, come back to skating. What's what do you love the most about skating right now? Fuck. The community has been huge, but also, like, I guess detaching from my current, like, reality and 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 just moving and the the fluidity of it and just kind of it brings me back. So I think just being present in it and doing it is probably uh, the thing I love the most. Um, I would say. I don't know if that, that answers it. Yeah, that's a good answer. I also but feel like that, for me, it's always you know the community. You know? The community is huge. Like feeling that connection to people who are very like-minded, but also that you are reconnecting with and new people, and it is a space where people seem very positive and loving. Um, especially yeah. like me being gone from the space for so long and, and coming back to people and seeing old friends and, and reconnecting has been, has been amazing. And new that's, friends, a lot of really new cool. friends, um, especially in a world where we tend to, you know, dive into work and family and all these things. And we lose sight of those, those connections, those friendships. Um, I think it's really important to have that in your life or people in your life outside of your, your family or your, your close circle, I guess. Yeah. It's a good thing you moved to LA because you might have not been able to experience this had you stayed where you were. For sure. Life is a funny thing like that. Yeah, it's definitely true. Um, a lot of realizations with stuff and, and, and being able to experience that. I, I always wanted to live in LA, 
for years, like growing up in Visalia, I never thought I would live in LA and um, it's so close, but it felt so far. And it would have been amazing to grow up here at the time that skating was actually happening. It would have been really amazing. Just the, the spots, the, the groups of people and stuff. Well, the LA scene back then was a lot different. Insane. You had a lot of different skaters. You know, you had like L-Star with Latona's crew. And yeah, had, like, yeah, yeah. The Bolivian crew with Gonzo. Mm -hmm. um, and then you had like the San Clemente guys. And you had San all the Long Beach skaters. Yeah. You know, but, you know, I mean, pretty much most of the people who live in L.A. now are more transplants, I guess. You know, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, obviously you had like, you know, Richard and them with FP and stuff. But I guess they were more Orange County or were they like Southern L.A. County? I'm not really sure. I'm just trying to have to answer that. Rainier I've been skating with too. Rainier's fucking killing it. He just hit his ribs really hard. Some of those skaters, though, man, you know, like that whole oblivion with um, Ernie Ramos and Hong Fong. Oh, wow. What are those guys know? doing? I know Gonzo's skating, right? I mean, I got Gonzo on the podcast a mm -hmm. few episodes ago, and I he's on the mission to get Hong Fong on this show, which I don't know if it's going to happen or not. Um, Is he skating? I don't think so. I think he was skating up until a couple years ago. And okay. and then there was like Ken Lee, who's amazing. Ken Lee, yeah. And then, you know, obviously Josh Latona, but Josh's brother Roman Latona was really good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there were so many people in LA. Roman was struggling with schizophrenia, wasn't he? Was it Roman? I think both, of, both of them. Yeah. I know Josh Latona was, you know, we, we went up to L.A. to skate a spot. He was there randomly by himself uh -huh. skating this rail. And he had a tape player. And somebody asked him what he was playing or whatever. He was like, it was just a, there was no tape in it. He was just had pressed a play button and was listening to like the white noise. Like skating. Wait, really? To it. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It was like, helps him. never seen anything like it. Helps him calm something maybe. Yeah, last time I went to LA, you know, before Blading Cup this year was Blading Cup in 2016. And we went up to LA and skated with Ben Schwab a little bit. Um, I don't know if he's still skating, is he? I don't know. He's doing music, isn't he? Yeah, but he was doing music back then, too. Um, you came in 2016? That's when I moved to LA. Okay. I moved to, I moved to Venice area. That's where I first moved. I wasn't even thinking about skating. I don't think, yeah, never came into my head. Yeah, that was the only two times I've been since I left California. You know, I mean, we spent a lot of time in LA back with Drew Backrack was, you know, had the art galleries and stuff there. Yeah, yeah. The 2000s, I but. see him at Sunday brunch. Yeah, I've seen him skating, and that's really cool. Yeah. Like, Drew's always awesome. a awesome dude. I need to get Drew on the show. Uh, definitely have a lot to talk to him about. So, well, I think that pretty much wraps up this interview is there anything that like you, you want to throw out there talk about or no or, just thank we, you we're good glad to be in the skating world again and hanging with everybody and yeah well Shout that's awesome <laughs> i'm really stoked that you came on this show and uh yeah it's <laughs> richard johnson latona on drugs <laughs> oh jesus it sucks and I think that's like, you know, there's a lot of people that suffer, have suffered that issue in the sport. Um, do you think it has to do with the, the 
rollerblading praise and the space that you're in and then you stop and it's gone and the community all those things, i don't like think it even up. has to do it i don't think it even no. has to do anything with rollerblading i just think it's you know person um or you know outside factors you know outside people they hang out with but you never know you know um richard said they went to school together and that it never stopped just got worse and that's very sad you know um yeah. luckily you know with age uh, you know I mean, fortunately, a lot of people have gotten out of the, you know, whatever situations they're in, but um, with other people, you know, if they don't want help or whatever, there's not much you can do. Yeah. So ending on a sad note like that, but on a happy <laughs> side, I'm glad I got to talk to you. It was really, yeah, cool, yeah. really cool catching up. And I hope to get out to California again sometime and Rashard, somebody else who would be fun to get on the show if he's down. Yeah, to Dom, do sometime. Richard, and Dom, all yeah. Guys, yeah. Uh, all these, all these, this, these cool, awesome skaters. So if you want to stick on this chat for a second until I'm done with my outro thing, I'll see you in the exit room. So I just want uh -huh. to thank everybody again for coming on the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to hit the like button. Leave any comments you might have in the description below. And make sure to subscribe to this channel if you haven't already. Hit the bell icon to be notified anytime I upload new videos. I have links to my social media in the description below. I have a link to Michael's Instagram description below. I also link to Dom's, Dominic's, Gona, Richard, all their stuff that they're doing. So you can check out the different brands from the crew. Support them all. Support skaters out there doing rad things. And I also have the Now Blading merch. I have a little yawn. I want on a one. cop with a Canon GL1, which is <laughs> I a camera that. I use all the time, and some big wheel blades because that's something I also I started doing. My two things combined in one. These are available from the website, shirts, stickers, all sorts of stuff. I also have this logo, the old yawn from Daily Bread. Oh my god. That Chris Peel That's build. old school. Yeah, so I have that's links sick. to that stuff in the description below. Actually, I'll get your address and I'll send you some stickers. So okay. again. I want to thank every one of you for watching this show. I'll see you very soon here. The next show is next Monday, 8 p.m. I'll be chatting live with Robert Guerrero. So make sure to show up in a to make let me do that again. I'll be chatting live with the Robert Guerrero. So make sure to show up in the live chat so you can ask some questions and interact like we did today with Michael. We had a really good crowd. And two weekends or two Mondays after that will be Jason Howard. So mark your calendars. Sweet. Lots of cool content coming up here in the channel. Again, thank everybody for coming. We'll see you next time here on the Den and Outblading YouTube channel.